0: what's going on everybody welcome to the nightmares podcast where we talk about all uh, things horror we talk about movies music uh, entertainment podcasting and also uh, maybe some uh, creepy pastas as well uh, because I'm extremely fascinated by that and guess what uh all those things I've listed our, our guest has actually been involved in all of them <laughs> so uh, we have the fantastic uh, raz here today if you would be so uh, awesome to introduce yourself
1: and what you are all about I am Raz T. Slasher. And if it is horror, it is me. That's just my life. That's what it is. I mean, all the things he mentioned I've done, I I was also a horror wrestler. Uh, I did music, music business for a decade and did quite a bit of horror music on top of grunge. Literally. It's just been my life since birth. My mom was a special effects artist for like super indie film in Ohio. So put me on my first set when I was about three, because we couldn't afford a babysitter and I fell in love with it. She caught me how to be my first severed head when I was about eight or nine. The special effects, not, I didn't go out killing people. I mean, that I'm going to admit on a show anyway. So, uh, but yeah, it just, it stuck with me, man. I mean, I even do live storytelling events and stuff. I'm a professional storyteller as well. So it's just, that's what my whole life has been. I can't imagine doing anything but horror. The uh, the
0: truly the re- Renaissance man of horror. The um uh, you got every, you got all your bases covered. So um typically and then of course I'm I have my partner in crime Mr Zachary Smith here.
2: Yes, with well, my really dark camera settings because none of us know how to work a camera.
0: No 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 we weren't we weren't gifted with those gifts. But anyway that's not and that's neither here nor there. It's gotta uh, be dark man. The uh, it's
1: horror it's, it's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah
0: that is that is true that is
1: very. If true. You throw a green light on in the background somewhere you know darker green lights you're your. Know, monster late.
0: <laughs> i'll fix it in post the, um uh, and, and he is allowed to say that actually the um uh, nobody else but him um so you kind of already went into it but one of our famous questions here on the nightmares podcast is to you know when did horror enter your life um and you kind of went into it a little bit more but i, I want to hear even more detail obviously growing up with a mom who does uh, effects and, and then also too is you know what were some of the movies and and uh, cultural events and shows and pieces of art that influenced you and, and made you the renaissance man you are today?
1: Man. First of all, my mom is nuts, which is my favorite thing about my mother. She is <laughs> crazy. Uh, but in, in a fun way, like um, there used to be a show back then called Leave It to Beaver. I'm sure you guys have at least heard of it, if of not course. seen some old episodes. Yes, Imagine the mother, June Cleaver, on Van, and that's pretty much my mom. Like one moment, she's making you a sandwich and the next moment she'll be serious or you think she is. And she's like, what do you think the perfect way to rub a bank would be? Just just because I'm curious. And then she would sit you down and work through the the whole plan with you and tell you why it was bad for like two or three hours. And then it (laughs) it was over. And then you just. No,
0: no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Some people call that weird. I call that teaching critical thinking. They
1: oh exactly. came to be over time. And that's, you know, part of why I guess I am who I am. And I torment my children. But, you know, it's it, it was just that's what I grew up with, man. Horror, like critical thinking questions like that. um, Just strange stuff. But she is literally the sweetest woman. It has never not supported me for a moment of my life. So, I mean, it's just that I don't know, it was just a really free world we grew up in, you know, back then. And I was born in 82. No one cared about kids in the 80s man, and most of the 90s either. So we got away with everything. I remember she took me to the library that I always went to. I was uh, at that time six years old, and she goes to the library and she's like, um, "You see my son here?" We're like, yeah, he's here all the time. Um, he can rent from the adult section now. Don't question him. And the lady's like horrified, and my mom's like, "Listen," she explained, you know, our background, our family, what we were into, and you know, rules and regulations. And she's like, "And also, I just got him." a really nice dictionary for Christmas. And it was like one of the ones that like the huge giant, like gilded page dictionary. And I was not allowed to ask her what anything meant. If I needed to know a word, if it was too adult of a book, that's why she gave me the dictionary. I was allowed to ask for context only. (laughs) So I learned just as much about the writing world as I did the horror world, you know, the, the film world all in the same go. Plus my grandmother was also a storyteller. And I grew up starting at ages two or three listening to her orate stories that were, and she would never tell you if they were real or not, ever. So to this day, even though she's passed, I still don't know which things were real and which weren't, other than that some of them were. No idea. It's part of the mystery. <laughs> nice, I love <laughs> that. It, it was the same way at the local video stores. It's, you know, I, I know my, my, my son is young, but you know, put it on record, he's going to walk here by himself. You're just going to run in whatever the hell he wants. So there were no rules, and music was pretty much the same way. Just whatever you want to do to be creative, uh, you do it, enjoy it, understand that everything has a context. If you don't know that context, ask questions, go research it at the library that you love so much. So that was my whole life, is just kind of figuring it out, figuring out why I liked horror, what worked about it. And the bottom line is this, guys. Horror is the oldest genre in the world. I'm actually working on a master's degree, which is going to be turning into a doctorate for creative writing and literature, but it's all centered around... Small town horror, urban legends, and more modern creepypasta type stuff. Um, the very first story ever told, likely, was either in cave paintings or around a fire or someone was warning you about a danger nearby. That's horror. Horror at its finest is everyday life. It's real things that happen at some point in time, most likely in some form or another, to teach us a healthy respect to fear. I don't know about you guys, but when I drive at night sometimes, I glance into the backseat to make sure there's nobody there. <laughs> and it's weird little gestures like this, but that horror is pre-programmed into our daily lives so thoroughly, we don't even notice it anymore. It's the most integral thing to our existence every day. And I think that, above all, is why horror for me and all these things my mom did for us growing up was just, it's what seemed in it. And like realizing that even earlier, like young, when I was you know having all this access And everything being put into context for me was, I can't imagine a life now where that doesn't exist, and it's not everywhere.
0: And perhaps that's the reason why that 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 horror fans, you know, because obviously we're big fans of the community. We love going to cons, love talking to people. Obviously, Um, uh, the um, uh, and and really getting to know and and making great solid friendships and business partners and. And you know the funny thing is and and I'm fallen in love with a girl who's probably even more of a horror fan than I am. Um uh, you know she's she's the quickest one to I'm the, the 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 film geek that goes to all the genres. She's the one who like I'm going to pop in a comedy or a horror and 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 the and the, and the crazy part is it's maybe that's the reason why that all these people are the nicest most well adjusted um friendliest and welcoming people is because they've already conquered their demons uh through horror and and they and they've and they've had them and And you've had an interesting perspective, and I hope to teach my kids. You know, if I'm lucky enough someday, uh, this philosophy is: I don't want my kids to react to a a world uh, to react to a world that it should be. I want them to be prepared for the world that it is.
1: Oh yeah, and and, 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 and the term "my kids" you can use liberally, man. Like, so I'm actually a stepfather. We just don't like that word. You know, it's we don't like it. I'm dad. It's what it is. And I'm happy. But I love that, and you know, I'm an uncle, an actual blood uncle to many kids that are my kids, and I'm just the friend of many people that have children that are also my kids because I get to help you know raise them, the hot kids, the hot that I work for. There's going to be kids all around you, man, and you get the opp- the cool opportunity to sit them down and be like, "Hey, man, check this out, <laughs> learn this."
0: Yeah, and it's a bonding experience, you know. The the um, uh, you know, I, I think the, there's something very interesting about. Um, when human beings... The, the reason why human beings don't like necessarily danger is because of the consequences of danger but if they can be in an environment where there's danger but there's no consequences um, it could be a very very cathartic and very enjoyable and entertaining experience people enjoy horror movies for the same reason they fucking enjoy roller coasters um, uh, you know it's the same you know it's the same dopamine hit in their in their brains and it's so oh, interesting yeah. to talk to people like you and like Zach who you, you, you don't know this but Zach was introduced to, to horror when he was two um, Zach. Uh, what's what's your lineage?
2: So, Schwarzenegger movies and slasher movies. My grandfather showed me all the cool Schwarzenegger, uh, Stallone movies, you know, Terminator, Predator. I f- fucking, Schwarzenegger's my goddamn hero. And then, oh, yeah. um, my mother, is essentially the same thing as you. I was watching Freddy, Jason, and Pinhead at the age of two. My vi- The first slasher movie that I remember was uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Just, I-, I vividly remember that as my very first slasher movie. And, you know, it followed up with Jason, because, you know, if you're gonna watch Nightmare, you may as well watch friday the 13th also oh, yeah. fun fact i'm born on the same day as jason so me and him have a little personal connection
1: oh. <laughs> i gotta show you something man Ooh. oh what we got nice that this, okay yeah. that was my uh that's my 13th tattoo got it on a friday the 13th for 13 dollars just a couple years ago
2: <laughs> <laughs> love it they um, fucking love the, it uh, let's actually wait, I, I did not put the camera up could you uh show that tattoo one more time oh. i was too distracted
1: it's a uh, little gritty but oh, the, the oh, audience oh, yeah, will oh, yeah, be able oh, to make yeah. it out
0: yeah, I love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah, dude. Fucking, yeah. I, I, actually
1: got your hellraiser right there behind you too. And I actually have. I'm not gonna pull my shirt off but over my heart, like the full scale size. It took 16 hours of work. I did not all. Had them him do it in just one day with like a, a half an hour break in between. The whole box, man. Details and everything.
0: Oh, that's the, the, that's so fucking beautiful, man. That's that's fucking fantastic. So when you were early on, you know, what were some of the the the, the first couple movies or TV shows? That you were introduced to, you know, obviously storytelling was always a big part of yours, oh, yeah. and those and those are great too. I mean, I grew up, you know, listening to scary stories about uh, death coming to uh, coming to. Vi- actually, you know what? I'm going to tell a quick story be- uh, because I've never told it on on this. This is actually an old family oh, story. Yeah. This is actually my great grandfather when he was a child. Um, uh, and my family's from Grand and Western in Chicago, um, very very tight knit Italian community, um, uh, surrounded by a giant Puerto Rican community. Um, uh, it's always uh, interesting. Well, Latin based. But um it was the middle of winter, and um my you know in in Chicago, they have a back door um, and they have a, a, the kitchen right there, and then they have the front room with the front door over here. And um, my grandmother was uh, my great great grandmother was sitting with my great grandfather when he was a kid and um and saying, um you know and doing dinner and everything else, and a man dressed in all black. Uh, walked into the back door and and, um, and then looked inside and said, "Oh, excuse me, I have the wrong place." And then closed the door, and 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 she and she thought it was his father, and he was, and he was kind of a drunk, and um, uh, the um, uh, you know little he partied a little bit as people did in the 30s and 20s, oh, yeah. and um, uh, and she said, "Go get your father and everything else." So he he opened up the door, and as he was opening up the back door, the front door opened up, and it was his father walking in through the front door. And he looked outside, and there were no snow prints at all. And this man was gone. The next day, they found out that the man upstairs—I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it—the man upstairs passed away. And they think it was death. Oh, the, uh, death had just walked into the wrong apartment, said sorry, and then walked upstairs and got the
1: person he was supposed to get. That is epic. That's an epic story, man.
0: Yeah. The I um. Love uh, that. The um. Uh, yeah. The and then and then the famous famous one in our family is called the Black Hand. <laughs> Um, It was about a black hand that literally reached over a fence and tried to open it up, and and no one could ever identify who the black uh, fan was. My nana thought that that uh, that um, the older kids were fucking with my younger aunts, and she actually went in and and said, you know, went out to them and busted them up and said, hey, show me your 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 gloves. I want to see your hands, you know, and undo your your pockets. I want to see if you have a black glove. None of them had any 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 black glove, and they had no knowledge of what it was. It was just some creepy hand that tried to come over and open up a fence. It was probably some crazy bum or you know or something that was trying to in, but it was a it's a very creepy story. It's it, it's it's famous. Oh, yeah. It's famous in the in the whole thing called the black hand. And the crazy part was, after they told that story <laughs> that night, and, and Zach's met a lot of my family that night. The um, one of the kids had traced their hand. Um, uh, you know, on a piece of paper and all the adults were telling the story later on and then it, and then like several hours had passed and they're all playing cards and they're telling the story. And my my one uncle's various superstitions, is started getting to creep out. And he he literally like put his cards down to fold. And he's like, it's like, oh shit, wait, like, like, oh, what's this? And it was like a bunch of pieces of paper. He turned over the paper, and it was a black hand that had been traced by one of the little kids. And he's like, fuck it, I'm out. The um, uh, t- <laughs> and he literally left and went home. <laughs> the that um, is
1: uh, right there, man.
0: The um, uh, so you know, my I got an Italian family. They're very fucking superstitious and like a lot of you know superstitions. I and- am actually
1: Sicilian and Cherokee. I get the superstition like insanity. Wow, wow, like, wow! My family doesn't know whether to smoke with someone or shoot them in the face. Like there's that total <laughs> yeah like, the back and forth, you know.
0: That's that, and I'm and, I, and I'm Irish and Italian, so I drink a lot and eat a lot, and I'm in other everybody's <laughs> business. The um uh, the um and you and I can joke about about how that you're not really Italian, you're Sicilian, and that shit that goes back yes, and forth that That's a difference. There's a difference. The um I'm. My family—I might as well though. My 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 great great grandfather was from Calabria, so I'm I'm south. And then my great great grandmother was from Lucca, so I got a little okay. bit of money and a little bit of gangster. The um uh, so the um. Uh, but anyway, that's that's new. There. We were
1: mostly Romani that then went eventually and just had sex with everyone else in the world too, and landed in, uh, in America and then Ohio for some reason.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of Italians. You know, Dean Martin's from Steubenville. The um uh, so the um uh, so it happens. They – um. Uh, yeah but anyway, so um, so what were some of the, the the movies that that influenced you, you know, and and you got into very early and really made it a profound effect on you as a kid?
1: Being born in '82, and like I, the first film I saw, I was two. Also, it was the summer right before I turned three, and it was Texas Chainsaw. Um, it, of course, it had been out for a little bit. It was uh, it had just recently hit video actually when when I saw it. Like not, I mean, video was barely even a thing then, guys. Like. My my family finally got a VCR, and the first thing we actually owned was Ghostbusters. Nice. Like that was the first VHS thing my family had was Ghostbusters. But but we picked up a uh, exchange. So we, we we rented it from somewhere and watched it, and I was enthralled. No, I would seen horror before. I I knew what it was, mostly. But my very limited understanding was that was my uncle or, or someone that my my parents knew in a costume, because that's how it was explained to me. Because it was my uncle in one movie my mom was doing and it, it was people that they knew that I, you know, had seen the family. So I just assumed it was something they did. Mm. I didn't know that what I was supposed to be watching, I guess. So my mom was a little disturbed at first because I'm jumping up and down cheering with a chainsaw and she's, um, what do you think is happening here? I was like, well, I, I think Uncle Jerry is about to get that lady. And she's like, that's, that's not your uncle. I was like, wait, What? <laughs> And then I was shocked for a minute and then I realized, but, but this is a movie. You guys, you make movies. Yeah, but we didn't make this. And then for some reason, then it was real because mom and family didn't, they weren't who made it. Then now it was real. And then I took it seriously. And then I was like, well, what else is there? You know, more or less in my very limited, you know, way of speaking back then. And it just, it became everything, man. And I remember she did not want me to watch, um, Nightmare on Elm Street or um, Friday the 13th at first because of the nudity content. She was, that was the only thing she was worried about. She cared about the language, the violence. I just hadn't been, uh, hadn't seen a lot of that yet. So she would, uh, you know, watch things beforehand or she'd watch them with my cousin. But me and my brother would sneak behind the couch. Of course. We'd crawl behind the couch when they weren't, they thought we were playing in our room and we would watch entire movies without them knowing it until after we would, you know, we'd make a sound peep. But I have to think that after the second or third time at best that we made a peep when they caught us after the movie was over, that all the millions of times that happened after that, they had to have known and they just let us think that we were getting away with shit is what I think it was. Because <laughs> there's no way you, you, know, you don't hear kids giggling behind the couch and like just or gasping or like freaking out. There's just no way.
0: Yeah, that was that was me growing up yeah, with the st- chainsaw, man. Oh yeah, dude, it's it's fantastic. That was me and my stepbrother growing up with uh, celebrity death deathmatch on MTV. They um uh, the Yoma um, and like pr- pretending to fall asleep in the living room and then like turning it on, you know, after the fact. it was
1: fucking great. And Marilyn Manson is still the crowned champion of celebrity deathmatch. The only celebrity to have won uh four matches and to have never died during a match, actually.
0: The um, uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that there was some inside deal that was done there. The um, uh, probably yeah, the, the, for sure, <laughs> probably for, for sure, the, for sure. Oh the, yeah, the um, uh, but no, no, I I love that. I, I love that that you had that that kind of upbringing. It's so weird, you know, about that. I I guess as an adult, I find that peculiar about how, as Americans, I guess I'm more European with this philosophy. And I was talking about the last podcast. About you know violence versus watching nudity, um, uh, it always made me laugh how how we're just so okay with like just the 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 most gratuitous violence, but we're not okay yeah. with boobs. Um, uh, like I just the I, other way I, in Europe, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just very strange to me why why that is. The um, uh, oh, yeah. the, I don't know if you had any... Tell
1: you, it, it, they say if you've seen one a pair of boobs, you've seen them all. Coming from someone that that did music for you know a decade and has been all the places I've done all the industries and worked in the medical profession. That is true. Boobs are fantastic, but they are, they are just boobs. There is nothing. They may seem magical, but there is truly nothing life altering or magical about them. <laughs> What's that was that I joke by R. Ron- said that out loud on your show before.
0: No, no, no. What's that joke by Ron White and everything else? You know, you know, they <laughs> they may all look the same,
1: but I want to see all of them. <laughs> well, yeah, that does not stop me from appreciating, but I, I don't I, I don't also get uh, America's issue, you know, with, with nudity. It's 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 just not that big of a deal. It seems like it's a big deal because people make it a big deal. It's yeah. just not,
0: the um uh, our buddy Dennis is is so professional with that and everything else it's like it's just body parts the um uh, and he makes it you know like we when we interviewed with him like he's the guy who would make like giant monster dicks and like like for movies and stuff and and like, oh, yeah. and when we had we were in his studio and like and i'm like oh look there's four jackasses in one professional they um sitting there playing fucking lightsabers with, with the goddamn purple purple uh, monster dick they um uh, what else are you
1: supposed to do with them if they're sitting there i mean you fight with them man that, that's what that's what you do that's what that's what boys do they um that's just what we do we play lightsabers oh, i've with known penises. plenty of females in the horror industry also that will pick up that dick and swing it at you man like, <laughs> in the horror industry if there's giant prop dicks I, I don't care who you are or how old you are I, i've seen it happen from children all the way up to people in their 70s and 80s I, i've seen them pick up that dick and swing it at someone
2: <laughs> dude i'm pretty sure happen. dennis has to keep those under lock and chain if he ever brings them on set
1: oh yeah dude like it's too we many people to want to play with them the um
0: uh, the um it's just like <laughs> i want to swing the giant penis too. the um oh. uh, everybody becomes eight years old at that point the um uh oh, yeah.
1: It, it, it's just now that is magical that is truly magical just, <laughs> a giant thing that you can just swing around and hit people with it's, it's like nerf but better
0: <laughs> the uh that's uh, months. giants purple veiny dicks bringing people together since just, the since the uh, creation of silicone
2: i'm just imagining nerf ma- like the new line of adult <laughs> toys <laughs>
0: <laughs> the um, uh, the um, it's Nerf or nothing. The um, uh, the, <laughs> the um, uh, would you like to go all the way? The um, uh, the um, uh, <laughs> sit here and, like come up with dirty slogans for Nerf. The um, uh, they have
2: the Starship Troopers, Clone, Dathu special. Would you like to know more? Yeah, I would always <laughs>
0: like to know more. The um, <laughs> the
1: um, my favorite taglines of all time. Would
0: you like it no more? <laughs> we do it to each other all the time. The um, uh, the um, all the fucking time. The um, uh, the uh, oh yeah, dude. Some of the uh, dude. It, like it, it's amazing how quotable horror movies can be sometimes. Dude, I I quote uh, from Dust. Dust till Dawn has my favorite. Horror quote, and if not my favorite, and I'm a and I'm a cinephile man. I have a lot of quotes in my head. The um, uh, but like that quote and everything else. What were they Cycles? Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. The uh, still to this day one of my favorite lines. And then I think Zach's is definitely from like Tremors 2. The um, uh, I, what,
2: <laughs> so it's definitely one of my favorite quotes. Uh, I was denied critical. Need to know information. <laughs> I am completely out of ammo. <laughs> That's never happened to me before. <laughs> I fucking love Birds so
0: goddamn uh, much. The, the second uh, the, one is such a great movie. Oh, it's so much fun.
1: I remember the first time that Bruce Campbell ever uttered good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Oh. That moment, as a child, changed my fucking life. <laughs> the, um, uh, the, Because um, you don't know, think about, like, good, good and evil in terms of that when you're a kid, especially, you know, even watching horror. And you got to watch things like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like when you're young, like back in the day, or my favorite film of all time, Nightbreed, to really understand that there's a difference between good and evil, but it's not what you think it is. And then later, you know, for the kids that grew up after my generation, you had Harry Potter that tell you all this. I'm a big Potter fan, too, by the way. Harry Potter tech. I'm not ashamed at all. I love, love Harry Potter, um, just not the people necessarily that it's connected to. But I love the uh, the, the story. And um, but you learn from all these things. And it's from pop culture that we learn that it's just shades of gray, man. It's down to individual decisions at individual times, and anybody could be great one minute and terrible the next, vice versa. And it's it's really cool to think about it in terms of that, though. Like it's. It's a different level to everything because things aren't as nice and pretty as you think they are in the real world. Yeah, in the real world,
0: it's true, and then you can learn a lot from 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 horror. I mean, you know, one of my favorite um, horror movies of all time, um, uh, in my top three, actually, is Reanimator, and nothing's gonna be more you know, and more complex and more weird and more, you know, like he dances that line between evil, 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 neutral, evil, good. Like he plays like, like hopscotch with that, with that little, you know, square
1: box. It's crazy. Oh, it's, it's really fortuitous that you mentioned that because uh, in one of my classes right now, we had to have this long, drawn out conversation and it's a master's class. So We're, you know, of a certain age, we're allowed to go a little bit farther and push boundaries. And it was about um, we had to start a discussion and write a mini paper on how we felt about them removing the bust of H.P. Lovecraft as the award for speculative fiction, because of obviously the same reasons, you know, the racism, a lot of the issues he had as a human being. Yeah. And my entire argument is why. When you make art, it is meant to be bigger than you. It takes many people, even H.P. Lovecraft had an editor. He had people that put out his work. Um. I can give you a million examples all day that most hot button issue still right now, keepers, creepers. It's yep. the same thing. So someone absolutely. did yeah. something truly terrible, but there's so many other people involved in a project. Do you punish every single person involved for this one person, even though they did something very truly undeniably terrible, or do you realize that art is supposed to be bigger than one person? Oh, it's always that supposed it's to be supposed to be bigger than you. The moment it's out of your hands, And that was my entire argument. It was a lot more succinct and probably sounded a lot nicer than what I just said. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what it was. I think we also talked about, like, you know, Johnny Depp, uh, Marilyn Manson, just a lot of other big things like that. But it was all about, you know, where do we draw that line as humans? Do we agree that art is art or do we agree that we only like the art created by every single person we agree with? And then what art do we have left?
0: And also too, more importantly, I have a fun podcast story to tell you about that topic with Jeepers Creepers, but where's the line? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like if we're going to really talk about this. Okay. So, so, so where do we go from, you know, like if you want to be that person who, you know, and if I was in this class, I would bring up this point. If you want to be that person who says, well, I can't separate the artist from the art. It should all be banned. Okay. So where's the line? The um it it where does does a so we start with awful people that that have done awful things. Let's take the Jeepers Creepers example, but then let's go to the next step. Let's go into authors that are. Um, where it was commonplace to think certain things of their time. They were people of their time and they thought certain yep. things and they had certain, uh, certain philosophies and by we're judging them by our standards and not by the standards of them. And then also too is then it becomes a slippery slope into, well, I just don't, I don't dis, I disagree with that person in whatever fashion. So I'm going to d- deny their all art. It, 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 if you start going down that road, you'll literally eliminate probably all art. And also too is, You've also eliminated the possibility of any type of critical thinking. So now you're just yeah. going to say that I'm only going to watch things that I agree with. Then, well, then, then how are you going to grow and learn as a human being? And how are you going to develop it. critical thinking? Things, you know what? By the way, too, a um, perfect example. They live S-scathing, scathing, scathing um, thing of capitalism. I'm a big capitalist. Yeah. Real capitalism, no, not crony, but but real. Like gotcha. I, I think it's one of the biggest, and this is my as far as I'm going to get into any kind of that direction. But of course, uh, of course, you know, but but I'm a big I'm a big proponent. I grew up, my my father worked for Merrill Lynch at, at 23. He owns a small business. He's been very successful. All of the people in my life, I'm running a small business essentially. The um, I'm in yep, sales yep. and everything else. I'm I think that's the American dream. Are there problems? Fuck yeah, there's problems, and, and and I'm not a big pan a fan of of major corporations the um at all the um I'm not a fan of oligarchies of 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 that kind of caliber. But I believe in this in this process. Love that fucking movie. That and that movie is a very anti-capitalistic movie.
1: But it, it's in my top five movies of all time.
0: <laughs> but but you know what though? It's a, it, but it, but it, it it's so much more than that. It's about it's about it, it's about being invaded by. Um, by culture and having your entire life essence be wrapped up in economics. You know what? If some, if somebody had a great quote. It said, money's like oxygen. The, um, uh, you need it, but there's only so much of it that you can have. The, um, uh, yeah. so So – you know, and and also too is it's so much more of a cultural thing of of materialism and how you know you're feeling a void in order to be happy. It's so much more than that. But I don't agree with everything, and I certainly don't agree all with John Carpenter and all his yeah. philosophy. Sometimes I think he's a crumungent fucking old man who's bitter about how he isn't accepted by by the regular elites half the time. The um, uh, but. That being said, he's a brilliant filmmaker. He said some brilliant things, and also too is he's fr- he's best friends with um, uh, uh, with um, Kurt, uh, Kurt Russell, who who completely disagrees with him on so many things. But they're publicly, yeah, they're they're tight as fuck. They um, oh yeah, so so it really comes down to a situation of okay, you want to go down that path of of denying, separating, you know, of combining the art. Where does the where does it where does it end? Where does it end for you? On this scale, do we do, do we get rid of the people that are the monsters? Great. Then we, then we don't watch any more Miramax movies. The um, Goodwill oh, Hun- no. <laughs> Good Goodwill Hunting's down the fucking tubes. You know, what, actually, just In-
1: take every major uh, production studio since the beginning of the time and throw them all out because there are cases for major execs from every single one of them, every television network. All the ones they've been been sold to, even Disney has had its issues.
0: It, it, oh, pff, fuck yeah, dude. the the Elma um, uh, and and the
1: yeah, Need, yeah, don't get him started. Um, uh, you know, I mean, there's dicks on castles. That's all I'm going to say uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> the Elma. Um, uh, we're also massive Star Wars
0: fans, so we have our problems. Same. The Same. Uh, my So, but you know, but again, though, like you know, and and then how far does it go down the line within the creative process? Do you blame the fucking caterer? Do you blame all the grips and the electric? I mean, this is the problem with this is the problem with art and culture right now is everybody wants to be so fucking pissed off all the time and blame everything that they'll never they're never going to grow as individuals within the lens of art and art's never going to be able to expand into different ideas because the there's some some ridiculous people out there that want to just be angry all the time about everything and and we were
1: in a multi-decade renaissance in art especially in film man and what happened the 2000s hit and all some of the greatest films I've seen all went underground. It went to your your local cinema that maybe played you know indie films like once a month or straight to video from all these you know companies that you've never even heard of that produced movies. Movies were great. I mean, look at how Blue mouse started. Sure, Jason Blue started with just about nothing and built a, a name. And now, and now of course he's Hollywood. You know, he's he's big time now, but still produces a lot of next to nothing budget films because he remembers his roots. Exactly, And then you've got people like Peter Jackson that made Lord of the Rings and now is better than everyone, which still pisses me off, by the way, because I remember where that man came from. I oh, remember yeah. the horror projects that that man came from, and they were terrible, but brilliant.
0: And <laughs> weird <laughs> fucking horror, too. Like weird, like some weird shit. Like, Have but you good. seen Meet
1: The Feebles? The Feebles I don't know remember
0: which one we ha- no, so we haven't good.
1: seen
2: Meet the Feebles but we watched Bad Taste. And Bad that, Taste yeah. That movie Bad was thing.
0: That movie was oh, That movie it. was that movie was fucking something. That movie was great. You ever
1: seen the original Muppet show TV show? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Imagine that. With sex, drugs, guns, snuff films and STDs and that is Meet the Feebles with the puppets. It is the weirdest and most Fucked up thing involving puppets that's ever been made. Even Team America: World Police has nothing on Meet the Feebles uh, by far, and it is the strangest thing he ever did in his whole life, or, or I think we'll ever do. It'll 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 ruin you and change you all at the same time. It
2: it truly is amazing where Peter Jackson started and where he is now. Like I re- I remember there was a story that uh, during the premiere of Lord of the Rings, I guess they had they had posters of his older films like uh, Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, uh, and the executives look at it and like. We gave this man what? How much money? And he's doing what? Uh oh, fuck! It all turned out to be fine in the end. They walked out with a huge. They're just like, oh, thank fucking god!
1: But that could have gone very yeah, different. Yeah, no,
2: it's it's amazing how power can go to somebody's head. Like I find that truly. Like I, I think one of the biggest example. Actually, no, I don't know if that's an example. I don't know. Say I was gonna anyway. say James Cameron because I look at where no, he started. Like, no, like Terminator. South Park aliens. is right
1: about James Cameron. Yeah.
2: I fucking love that song. The, the the greatest. That song. I that that will forever be my favorite episode aside i have that as my ringtone i love it so it's so fucking funny i wanted to get but the limited right edition vinyl release
0: dude and raz dude you should have been you should have been on some of these fucking jokes that we we're we we're making oh man we would make fun of him all the time james what the fuck are you doing down there they uh what are you doing down there on the, the ocean and everything else they it's like i need some more money to build rapture i mean film uh, film avatar too the um i was like i fucking knew what you were doing down there you piece of shit the oh my yeah. the oh my. <laughs> i wish he was building rapture that's way more interesting than fucking avatar yeah that's actually probably. True.
1: When you decide to call an ore that you cannot possibly obtain, unobtainium, you have lost me for life. That is was the laziest piece of writing I have seen in any film ever, and I've seen Troll Two at least seven or eight times. <laughs> so I feel like I have a really good finger on the pulse of so what's bad. Oh
0: man, in the oh, my. It, 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 it,
2: it, it truly upsets me because that, I considered him to be one of the greatest... You don't actually, no. He is one of the great, greatest in filmmakers In the 80s,
1: ever. I thought he was, too. Yeah. yeah.
2: Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Aliens, Abyss, True Lies. I love all his fucking movies. The only one I'll I haven't the- seen is Piranha in Avatar, Two. I remember I watched Avatar, and I was just like, you know, this isn't a bad movie. It's just not for me. Prime it's was great. visually great. Yeah, Titanic. I rewatched that recently. I'm like... I. It, I This is not a I movie I shouldn't like. I banned from
1: watching that around my family or around any other normal human beings because th- when that movie first came out, I went in theaters with this girl I was dating at the time. He was very into the whole story of the Titanic. Early she was when she found out the movie was coming, because you know, I'd never heard her say a word about the Titanic before then. But uh, I had to take her out on a date to see it. She, she demanded that. I'm like, okay, I don't want to sit for like a damn near three-hour movie, about a ship that sinks and people die at the end because I know the story. It's you know It happened before. I, I, I think I, I know what's going to happen at the end. So she went, so I take her to see it. And I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I smoked a lot before I went to that movie. I was not going in sober. And I'm sitting there in the seats all the time going, huh? Yep, well, this didn't happen historically. That's bullshit. I don't know where that came from. And then the very end happens. And this is how uh, I lost the, that girlfriend uh, that night. Everybody starts to die. The shit tilts. And you hear, swish, 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 ping. The bodies are just flying down, hitting that propeller, and it makes that ping sound. I started laughing. I, I lost my shit. <laughs> I don't know why. But in the moment, that was hilarious, and I still find it hilarious. I died laughing. And I'm looking around, like, realizing that I'm the asshole because no one else is laughing. But then I get a closer look at some of the faces of the guys around me there with dates. They're there going, <laughs> they're like even a couple of the females in the area realize when they're trying not to laugh. Yeah. She got pissed. Oh, and hilarious. then I think it was about an hour after I dropped her home, because she had to go home right after the movie. Suddenly, but an hour later, I get a phone call to end the relationship because I didn't take her passion series.
0: <laughs> wow. That's so funny. That um, Which is my, also
1: the weirdest breakup story that I think I've ever had in my life.
0: <laughs> dude, that's that's that, amazing. That, that is fucking amazing. The oh my. so I was watching.
1: You know, think about that. Think about that moment, try not to laugh. I dare you.
0: Oh, well now now I won't be able to unsee that. The um uh, the it, you know, it, and um, I just remember like we were making fun of it. Like, I want to do a deep fake, like from that scene of Wolf of Wall Street when uh when uh, uh Rod, Rod Reiner comes in with the bill. Like I wanted him to like freak. <laughs> (laughs) freak. freak out and everything else like you know like james cameron's the only dude who could probably press the the random button on amazon and whatever pops out you know there's a twenty thousand dollars for fucking smoke machines what the hell are you doing with twenty thousand dollars for smoke machines
1: holy shit give me a couple broken fans from a thrift store and like Twenty pounds of dry ice. I will do the same shit. Yeah,
0: like, like, I mean, what the fuck are you doing over there? You're filming a Goosebumps episode. The, uh, <laughs> like, the, um, uh, like, like, no. it, like, you know, like, I remember there's an episode where they're in a camp. Like, we watch Goosebumps oh, for God. fun and make fun you of
1: it. of Fever Swamp. Thank you,
0: thank you. And then literally, cool. literally, the, there's a bunch of the folks, and and I remember like it was silent, but we we're all snickering. And I turned to them and I'm like, I wonder if the director came on set and he's like, twenty more smoke machines, otherwise I walk. <laughs>
1: It Probably. Was so <laughs> <egregious>. Probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, just really quickly, the um, uh, it was a uh, really back to Jupiter's Creepers for just a second. We actually did a podcast on it, talking about it, and I remember it was really weird. It was kind of very eerie. We were talking about it. We we're getting very, you know, kind of emotional about it. It was, it was definitely a, a high taping thing, and and it, and it kept getting darker and darker in the room. There was a there was a thunderstorm rolling in. Oh god, gotcha. um, yeah. And I just I have this, this very distinct memory and I'm like I'm like I'm like this is weird. Like like something is like somebody knows we're talking about this shit. Like, you know, it's and then just like the, the whole vibe. Yeah, the whole vibe. It was just very strange how it just like it, it, it like it was a very nice summer day when we started the the podcast and then it just just rolled in as we were getting darker and darker. Cause I remember one of our old partners was actually reading the shit about like what happened, and and I was like and I was like, this is like Super, super fucking dark. Like you know, and I oh, love yeah. the movie. I love, I love one and two, and and I've and, and I refuse to watch three because of all the things I've been
1: told about it. Three still better than four.
0: The um, uh, I heard the new one is hot garbage.
1: Please don't. Let's pretend it didn't exist. I would rather watch three about a hundred more times. At least three did some things that were interesting that I liked, whereas the new one was just interesting setup that got ruined about fifteen minutes in. I'll oh, say that.
0: That's the it's most a brutal really cool review. Idiot. The uh yeah, that's the um uh... and I'm not
1: usually I'm not usually an asshole about movies, but like I really like Jeepers Creepers. I was a big fan of the whole concept and they had a beautiful setup. You know, Louisiana whorehound is over there for the first time, and usually they're in an Ohio thing mm-hmm. and a little bit in Indiana. And um it 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 could not have been a cooler setup. It it just it was gorgeous. And then the the makeup that they did it looked like it looked like a rubber mask and not makeup. It yeah. it was it was really bad, and I did not even see a high definition copy because I refused to. <laughs> That's trash. And then the story fell apart so quick, man. The... Whereas three was just super low budget and they cheesed out and cut corners, but mm. it had a cool story. Fair enough. The, um, uh, but, fair enough. And this is all from an idea that he stole from Unsolved Mysteries. This whole thing got made out of Unsolved Mysteries. That's I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but it, I didn't. it's one of those. I had no idea. There is an actual episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I think it's season one where there is a mysterious person. There's all these like, There's people disappearing and it's tied to this vehicle that's got a license plate mm. that says, be eating you on it. And that's where he got the whole concept for the license plate. And he said, what if? spun this whole story and became Super Screamers.
0: Oh, okay. Leo, okay, so the, yeah, I, I can I I almost even appreciate that. The, uh, yeah, you know, I, of, like, I actually the love extension. that about it. I mean, yeah.
1: hell, Matthew McConaughey got his start on It's All mysteries so. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> sure was Gardner number one i think was his first role oh my god that's amazing
0: the um uh so and and also his illustrious history with the texas chainsaw massacre um uh, uh, series
1: you mean the the very movie he has tried to get stricken from his record in imdb since uh the day it came out officially and both his campaign to remove that from their filmography
0: he needs to get it just get over it, it's
2: man. such a fun movie why would you want to get rid re- i Oh my god! I had such a fun time watching that one. It was I hilarious. This
1: character Wilmer was actually a pretty good addition to the Sawyer family. Honestly, I, he was fun. He was interesting. I like the remote controls, like working his legs. I actually thought it was cool, man. I mean, Renee Zellweger, yeah, maybe she. I can see why maybe she wouldn't want to remember that movie. She was not good in it, but he was fantastic. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, I I agree hundred percent. Oh, that's
0: fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, uh, so you know, so uh, all right, so as you're developing and everything else, you know, I I, I want to see, um, obviously in in horror, people are fans of horror, um, uh, and they and and but they don't always take it into an artistic direction. <laughs> Obviously, you're, you know, you have a family lineage and everything else, but I'm very curious, you know, um, sometimes that doesn't, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes family, they see the struggles that the family is going through with, with the artistic endeavors and they go, you know what, that's not really for me. I'll be a fan, but it's not really for me, but you know, but people do make a conscious choice eventually to go. You know what? I want to do something, you know, in the artistic field, and I want to take my passion of horror within it. So I, I want to talk about, like, you know, what that was for you, you know, when you made that switch, and you know, and and
1: talk about why you you know, wanted to go down that road. So it's weird because I'm the only one that did. Like out of my family, uh, it was me and my mom. Really? And Of course, grandma. That was my dad was staunchly against all of this. He was six two, about 350 pounds, huge guy, the kind of guy that like, you would not want to meet in dark alley. But horror films terrified him. I don't. We don't know why. We never understood it. Like nothing scared this man. He, he he faced on a bear and stood there, and didn't move. Didn't freak out. Just went about his business and went back to fishing afterwards. But a horror film, fiction. Don't know what it was. But he was anything artistic I ever did. He was against it. Um, his whole side of the family, completely against it. Other than his brother, uh, who did some film stuff. with My mom, um, my sister, uh, she liked haunts. She thought you know. A little film work when we were young. She's like a vet tech now, man. Like she just completely just dropped art by the time she was 18. Um, my brother, he's passed away. He ended up always uh, being into music with me, but then he left for the military, came back, passed away. But he was more military family and, and that sort of base. And then all my cousins, none of them ever got into any of it. So I'm trying to now pass this on course to to my kids, and, you know, and, and and their significant others, and my daughter and her boyfriend uh, that lives with us. You know, they work at the haunt with me. So mm. I, I've gotten to train them in the whole Han industry these last three years, almost four now. So I'm getting to do all these things with them now. But for me, it was just, it just clicked, man. And the, again, the more access I got to all those things, the, the movies, the writing, you know, the art, the art, the music, just everything, man. And especially the storytelling, more than anything, I really think that it was my grandmother and the storytelling and the release of the most important piece of storytelling to ever exist. I was alive uh, when... Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out. And going for my mother, or my grandmother telling these actually believable stories, these ones that were obviously a little, little more childish based on what I've been hearing, but still so immersive and to watch multiple come out, and then immediately the cassette tapes right after. It, it was just this, this powerful feeling that I could close my eyes and listen to the story and I'm not even using my sight. Just my mind and my ears. And it, I'm feeling something I'm feeling emotion I'm, I'm feeling tension uh, it's so well described I think I can smell it I think I can taste what they're talking about even though there's obviously no way I could It just sense memories it just triggers all these things and all someone is doing is talking to me as I'm listening to these tapes or I'm listening to my grandmother or whatever and it was that feeling which also led me to music believe it or not. honestly a big part of music is I can close my eyes and feel it that's a good song I don't even care about it. I don't like the genre it's a good song and horror just snuck up on me more and more and more and that storytelling aspect of it that just put me there, even more than film ever could, was what made it real. It's where I understood why I needed to check the backseat of my car when I got old enough to drive. It's why I peeked in the closet or underneath the bed. Not that I thought was anything was down there, but just in case. And it was always, but just in case, let me do this. There's a spooky sound. I should go check that out. But just in case, I should probably take something with me. Or the dog. Or I should probably not do that alone. And I, I just, again, Young saw how much all those things from the storytelling affected my life over time. And I just couldn't imagine not being a, a proponent for that, not getting out there and pointing out to people like, hey, your life, how you live it right now, all your concerns, all your fears, and even some of the things that you love. That's because of the movie you watched. Chances are it was probably a horror film, too. Nice. So to me, that's my way of getting out there. And with my storytelling specifically in my writing more than any of the rest of it, that's how I'm adding to the next generation of people that, that come, you know, with my kids or, you know, their kids on down the line. There's all these artifacts, so we want to leave behind so they get it, that they understand, which leads me to creepypasta. And that is what my generation left behind for the next generation. And it may not seem that way because creepypasta, let's be honest, Slenderman was a big part of creepypasta. Yep. You've got Jeff Killer. I mean, there's so many like classics, right? Let me just tell you that I, I'm 40. A lot of those people that read all that stuff, they're my age. Some are older. Some are only a little bit younger than me. It was our generation finding new ways to reach younger generations to inspire them and still tell creepy ass stories like we grew up doing around campfires, but on the Internet. And it started way before Creepypasta. Um, the No Sleep subreddit, actually, is, uh, used to be brilliant. It's still brilliant. I still enjoy it. I'm still a fan. I write stuff there occasionally. But when it started, it was everything you read here is real. There's a sidebar on the Reddit sidebar still there. I hope they never take it down just for nostalgia. But if you leave a story and I read it, I got to pretend it's real. If I comment on your story, unless I want to be banned from the subreddit, I have to perpetuate your story. So if you tell me a ghost story and you don't know what to do, and you're, you just watch some people in your family die, I got to give you advice, man. I got to tell you to go get salt and put it around your house. I got to come up with some advice to give you to keep your story going and you, as the author have to reply to my comment. And again, tell me whether hey that totally worked thank you or just find another way to keep that story alive and going so it's like a choose your own adventure where everybody's in on it <laughs> and it's it's a living document it's a living real story that we are living we're not just hearing about it or reading it we're, we're part of the story now and that's what creepypast is, that's what no sleep is there was a, a story well before that with geosites called ted the caver about a guy that was really legit caving that turned into this giant, it's a movie. It's all kinds of stuff. It's been around forever. I would definitely check it out if you haven't. But it was our way of realizing that the spoken word and reading is was dying. How many people do you know that will look at you in the face and say, oh, I'm not a reader?
0: Oh, dozens, all the
1: time. 90% of all the people I know, even people in different horror industries, tell me, oh, you wrote a book? I had to read it, but you know, I'm not a reader. And immediately it's like a dagger in my heart. I've never heard, oh, I don't listen to music when I do music. I've never heard, oh, I don't watch movies when I do movies. Oh, I don't go to haunts when I, as a haunter. Every industry I've ever been in except for writing. is Everybody loves it. But reading, they love the idea of it. But people won't sit down. They won't read a novel hardly anymore. Very few people. And that's not even a general generational thing. There's people my age and older that were just never readers. I think it started around my age in the 80s or so. It just became a thing that wasn't his biggest film. It wasn't his biggest art or music.
0: Yeah, I think just other options had come into play, and 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 they were, yeah. you know, and there were other things that were could get it done faster, the um than than reading, and they can, you know, um uh, you know, tell that, but but also to weakens your own imagination, the um uh, you know, which is unfortunate, and I think that that's probably part of the cultural decay that we have today is is, is you oh, yeah. know there's just, everybody's just ripping off each other like you know it's it's not even and, and there's a difference between homage and um and even satire versus just plain ripping somebody off the um uh, you know exactly the um is a huge it
1: this, attention span so movies are great we can do short films man we can do tv episodes they're short what are we gonna do the novel oh short story collection nope that's still a book that someone's got to pick up and read your collection of short stories so we know a short story is going to hook you. You're going to have the time to read it, or you're going to listen to a YouTube narrator narrate it for you. Exactly. So how do we do that? Mostly creepypasta. We bring you into the story. We make you feel like this is a real urban legend that could have happened, that your, your cousin's uncle's nephew's sister roommate uh, knows this guy that knew somebody that worked with somebody that I had this happen to them. And literally the tradition of urban legend is entirely what creepypasta is. Exactly. It's just exactly on the
0: internet yeah exactly and and it's it's interesting too is because Zach and I were coming up um you know as younger teens when the analog and the digital were were, were clashing and yep. you know and that's why you know movies like the ring were so successful is because it kind of was born out of this whole you know creepy pasta about you know uh, there's a videotape and also too is there's a you know the there was a legend that that that's never been necessarily turned into a creepy pasta but it was about a local haunt. It might have been in other places, but in Chicago, it was um, a, um, a a creepypasta or an urban legend about a haunted house that's apparently so scary that they would give you your money back every level that you would go it up. It was
1: called the Haunted Hospital. Is that what it, it was? It in Illinois, yeah. Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania simultaneously. Yeah, I actually know the entire history about that haunt, and I'm writing a novel about it right now.
0: No kidding. Okay, then we'll, yeah. we're yeah, going to have to have you come a very, back. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah we're gonna have to have you come back and everything else when you actually you know do the um, you know or the novel's finished and we can actually talk.
1: Oh yeah, that's gonna be I, I'd say in about two years because it's an epistolary novel, so there's sure. like forty different main, main characters. It's it's it's, it's wild, man. I, but yeah, yeah, I mean, but that, 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 that but that's a thing. No one's ever done a movie or a book, or, which is why I'm doing one about it finally. But I've been hearing about this since I was a kid in eighties. and to this day I, I know so much about not just horror, but I'm an aficionado in historian about haunts as well. Mm-hmm. and i get people every year hey man i heard about this thing called the haunted hospital do you know about it i laugh which story are you want to hear man which which version of this story <laughs> of what this place is is yours i know the actual real story versus the actual legit dozens and the closest we've ever come to is um hell house have you ever seen yep. hell house movies yeah 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 um the ending where, you know, where, where people are dying inside etc yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that is actually one of several of the the more notable legends of what happened with haunted hospital. And it's where they took part of that from. Mm.
0: Okay. Fair enough. They, um, uh, and I love those movies. The They, um, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of those particular films. And then also too, oh, yeah. is, you know, and also too the ones that are actually, you know, uh, true. Like, you know, like the, um, uh, the floating extreme haunted house in Chicago that i grew up hearing yep. about the um uh, you know the, the one that's in a, a secret place every night i heard about that in high school the um there, there's a
1: couple of those out there yeah
0: yeah the um got, of course, Manor, which yeah. is uh new places. well yeah yeah everyone knows everyone <laughs> knows everyone knows that crazy son of a bitch the um uh, the,
1: <laughs>
0: the um uh, I, I
1: think if people knew the actual real story behind that because i've talked to him numerous times oh yeah no i've watched I think it a lot of people i think a lot of people think it's torture porn, dungeon porn. I've heard these things. I've heard that they just do that because they're a terrible human being. Do you know almost no one that actually shows up, actually goes in? Oh, I believe that. They just taught people how to do it. Not because he doesn't want to give the money. He only charges you a bag of dog food. Yep. It's and for, runs a dog that, yep, That's it. Yep, it's he for actually local just charity. wanted him to figure out how to raise as much food for a charity as he possibly could by doing something insane. Yes, there have been some accidents that are documented that are real. There has definitely been legal trouble the whole concept is madness it, it's total batshit crazy but man the amount of shit that that man has raised for people and again you got to be kind of messed up to come up with something like this i mean not gonna lie it, it, that's he's a little off but at the same time almost no one has actually been the place it's like woodstock man if you were lied back then suddenly everybody was at woodstock we all know how many people were actually probably there <laughs> uh, i mean hell it, it, every moment's got Something every generation has got something where everybody went to this thing when maybe a millionth of the, the people that claim it actually did. Oh, so yeah. you get a lot of conjecture and bullshit, but yeah, at its core, it's nuts. It's just nuts.
0: Oh yeah. The, the whole thing is nuts. And I didn't know about the charity. I know that he, that he's raised a lot of money for, um, uh, for a lot of the dog farms. I know what he does for a living during the regular days, a wedding singer. Um, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I think, I think the part that just, I, I don't know if I necessarily dislike but of how much that that he as a person is is very weak when it comes to hauntings and other scary things like, you know, I, 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 I you know, and, and I don't know how I like I don't know why that bothers me, but it, it but it bothers me. Like, you know, I I, I think it's it, maybe it's because I, I grew up with that, that like, you know, if anything's hypocritical, I I, I dislike it. Maybe that's a, a thing from my childhood that I that I have a, uh, a thing about
1: it feels disingenuous, and we don't necessarily like things that feel disingenuous to us when we're passionate about that subject. It's oh. it's hard to see. I think that might be.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's like a, maybe subject. somewhere that you know. I think that's definitely something because you know I've become. You know, I you know I have a very very special place in my heart for you know, and it's been good and bad for years for H H N for Halloween Horror Nights. It's something I did with my my cousin you know um, who lives in Florida, and we um, we did it. We just talked about doing it just after my grandfather died, hey, um, uh, and and it was something that we became passionate about. We've been doing it on and off since nine You know, and I fell in love with other haunts and everything else. So it's one of those things that I have my sets of opinions about and I do feel passionately about, certainly not as passionately as you. I mean, you are, you know, you are the, um, uh, the Renaissance man of all this stuff, but, you know, but it is something that I do feel passionate about. And I think that, that maybe when, you know, and also too, I, I grew up in a house, man. Yeah. You, you know, if, if you can't hang with the big dog, stay on the porch, you know, or if you, know, if you can't dish it out, don't take it, you know? So I I, I, I want to tell you something that I'm
1: not sure if anyone's ever told you before. It Fair does enough. not matter how many years I have been doing anything. You give yourself permission to be just as passionate. As I am about anything every second of the day, man. I don't care if you've been doing it for a second or a million years. The passion is the passion and it, it's, it's, it's for everybody at that, that equal, if we're not crazy about it, who's going to be, man. Exactly. No, no one else. Get that torch together.
0: Yeah, exactly. No one else. No one else is going to give a shit about it. You know, I mean, you know, that's the part of um, uh, the passion that Zach and I share for filmmaking and you know and for films in general. Trust me, and there's there's plenty of arguments that we've gotten in over over different types of films and and different things, but if you know, and that's and, and I think that's why I love the, the the community so much is that because they're so passionate and because they're so loving about this this genre of film that's brought all these yeah. people together and, and it's it's a great it's a great thing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing.
1: And you gotta disagree, man, because there's nothing worse in film than a group of yes men. Nothing good ever gets made when you got people that agree on everything. Yeah. That's not fun. You it's, mean, it's boring, and you're going to make a shit project. Yeah, the, you get a million dollars. You're going to make shit project. Yeah,
0: exactly. The, uh, you mean A24 fans? Um, I'm
1: sorry, did I say <laughs> that out loud?
0: The um, uh, the um, uh, the uh, Zach, rein it in, rein it in. The, um, uh, the <laughs> I've said my piece. The uh, Zach does not like A24 at Fucking all. Fucking hate The um, it. especially the horror, the horror division of uh, of it. I have, I have like maybe two or three of their films. None of them horror.
1: Honestly, I'm in a weird place with that because one it seems like a weird setup to me it doesn't it seems like a money machine in a lot of ways to me and maybe again a little disingenuous mm. but you know what it is doing horror even if it's disingenuous even if it's maybe not what we want to see the, the, the people that you know are most interested it's, it, it that's going to start somebody's love of horror man even if we don't like the, that project someone out there is going it's going to be that thing for them uh, somebody argued with me that Plan, 9, uh, or, sorry, Plan B from Outer Space was the best movie they'd ever seen. And it shocked me. And I was like, why? And they said, because something very special in my life happened that day. That was the day that my daughter was born. Oh. We went and saw it in the theater, and then not long after. And that movie, as bad as it was, gave me the most wonderful memories. And my, my memory of that movie is what semen in my love of film, as weird as it sounded, but it was a moment with a shitty movie that changed someone's life because of, you know, the other things that happened that day. But they attribute it not that, the, that their daughter was born, but they attribute it to Plan B.
0: Yeah, that, and that's awesome. And then, you know, uh, um, and, we can, and, and what was this? We, I think we just kind of
1: suck it up and understand that stupid things like that are going to exist. yeah. Yeah, You're not wrong. We're, we're allowed to be vocal about it. We're allowed to be vocal and not happy about it, though. We're totally allowed. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. The um, uh, Oh, I preach that shit from the heavens. Trust oh, yeah, me. he does. You yeah. and, and also yeah, too. Um, like <laughs> no, yeah, and then also too is um who was the it was uh, um great movie by um uh, Tim Burton um who was the director of that movie um uh, Planet Night it was uh, uh oh, Edward Ed Wood. And, 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 uh, Edward and take a look at that guy the um insanely passionate the um uh, loved it loved what he did the um uh, loved loved what he did. Right. The um, so you you can't discount the passion behind
1: it. And Bela Lugosi was also in that movie. People always forget. Yeah, that was the last thing he ever did. It was the
0: um, I know he was. I know it's crazy. Yeah, it was not. He was not in good health at that point. The um, uh, you know, but but you know what though? It's you know, and also too is you know, I bring this up as an example, like Batman and Robin. Terrible movie. It has brought me so much fucking joy in my life. The um, the the only
1: um, rusted metal Batman.
0: Yeah, I, I, like and also too is I remember I one of my dearest dearest friends um who's actually my roommate now. Standing up at my wedding, we went to Vegas for the first time, and we went to an ice bar, and we cracked uh, Mister Freeze puns the entire time. They um, uh, you know, l- literally walked up to the bar, and he's like, cool party, and, they, and, and, and like, and he's like, "Mark with kids the dinosaurs," and I'm like, "The ice age, the, the um, uh, the uh, can you be cold, Batman?" Like it, it's fucking great. Like um, my one of the my old friends who was a recovering, like he. He was a um, he was a drinker and he and he eventually stopped you know uh, um, and everything else. But we were playing the drinking game for Batman. He didn't make it through the whole movie. He um, he had to leave twenty minutes before. Then. He's like fuck, I can't do it no more. Um, uh, you know every time you saw a grappling hook, um, every time Mister Freeze made a pun, every time Bane sta- stated the obvious, every time Poison Ivy said a, um, a sexual innuendo, every time you saw Bat Janitalia, um, and then you had to chug a drink when you saw the Bat card and when you saw Coolio. The, um, uh, the, um, and that was the game, the, um, and, and we were not in good shape by the end of it.
1: Here's a super weird analogy for you. So you're into films, you know, you're, you're a cinephile. You really enjoy pretty much everything. How do you feel about Scorsese? I love Scorsese. I
0: okay. love everything that he's done, but, but I, but I, for the most part, the mess, I would say about 80% of, of what he's done. I love.
1: Is it fair to say that you enjoy superhero films at all?
0: I do enjoy, I do enjoy superhero films.
1: He Scorsese feels exactly about them as you feel about a 24. I mean mm-hmm. literally almost exactly. And, yep. But but think about that for a moment like how how crazy that is like for him. That that's the passionless. Yeah. Crazy. And I love I love Marvel. I'm not a big DC fan with the exception of Batman and Swamp thing. Love Batman and Swamp thing and any of the, the Dark Justice League stuff, love it all. I just absolutely do not like Superman in any way and that's their flagship boy so I, I kind of I steer clear a lot from uh, DC stuff. But Marvel image all over that stuff. And I love it, and I don't. I, I love Scorsese, and I don't know what he's got to bitch about. So to me, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's an analogy, because I, I. I just think my my this this passion for a twenty four is just, it's different. Yeah. But literally, it was a couple of weeks ago where I sat down and stopped and thought about it, because I was literally having this conversation with some friends of mine over at PBDc, and we kind of got led into that same thing. Like, holy shit, it is the same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, so that, and that's awesome. The, um, I, I, didn't, I wanted to make sure too, that I, I hit this cause you are the Renaissance man. And I want to take some time too to talk about two different things, talk about podcasting and talk more about haunt because you kind of brought it up. Very interesting. Um, about like the, the haunts, but before I get to those two topics, um, I have one question for you, um, before we leave creepy pasta, you know, there's been a phenomenon in the last five years with Mr. Nightmare and with all these other things. And also too, is I, you've watched a lot of our stuff and we have a narrative show called living nightmares, which is based on, um, Real life stories that have happened, and we put them to film. The idea was that Mister Nightmare does, um, uh, you know, does the audio version. We're going to take and and do the 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 film version, and we did four episodes. Um, um, and and we we've, we've had some pretty good success with that. It, it's just funny that in an era of of very super lack of a t- uh, um, attention span, TikTok, all these different things. I wonder, you know, to you, a person who writes creepypastas and who was involved in it. I really want to talk about this. What do you think that this this explosion that has happened? Like, you know, Mister Nightmare came out five years ago, and he's just—I mean, I watched his numbers grow up uh, the quicker than any other YouTube person. I was with him at the at at, towards the beginning, so like, and I and I watched him go up from like. 100,000 subscribers to 5 million, where he's at right now, so fast, and all these other people too, Mister Creeps, um, you know, all the other ones that are a little bit more longer. There's a great Australian guy who does really long ones, but there's just something so fascinating with it. And I imagine it ran in tandem with true crime, uh, which my fiance is obsessed with to the point where it, she- it
1: all falls under the speculative fiction uh, genre. All of it, true crime, sci-fi, horror, a lot of those things, all they work kind of together in interesting ways.
0: Interesting. Okay, so you know, and and, and I guess that, that the people like this idea the same way that they would like roller coasters is is this like oh this happened you know and and, and I get to that there's also creepy that's clearly fictional but it's very oh, yeah. enthralling it, 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 yeah it's enthralling but but as I look at these numbers it really is the ones that are that are supposedly based on true stories that just really stick the landing with audience numbers and and it's just so fascinating to me how. It, 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 it's it's these true stories and most of them are, are relatively similar. It's a creepy guy and it's it's a creepy guy interaction and at the end of it they survive. The cause somebody had to come and tell the story. You know, that's the formula and it, it does go down to a formula the same as horror does. But it's, yep. it's so fascinating to watch this explosion happen. And it, why do you think of specifically in the last like five years from a timeline perspective? I know it's been going on forever, as you said, you know, back to the no sleep Reddit and like to the early days. But for whatever reason, in the last five years, it's become so five, six years, five, so insanely popular. And I'm curious about what your perspective is and why this time period rather than any other time period.
1: A couple of things really all the people you mentioned would not exist if it weren't for actually David Cummings and the No Sleep podcast, which started as like kind of a combination of the No Sleep subreddit, although they were technically unrelated because uh, they just only used No Sleep authors in the beginning. They became so wildly popular that the first couple seasons were released for free. And then by season three, David was able to start making money. Now they've got an expensive cast. They A lot of them are in Canada. They're, there's other countries. There's some here in America. They go on tour every year, multiple tours. Like all over the country, you know, code notwithstanding, um, and they were the ones that made this wildly popular. Uh, Chilling Tales from Dark Night for Dark Nights network made this popular, and then all the people you're mentioning saw where it was going. Like very intelligent people with a passion, and picked it up and said, "How can I spend it for me? How can I spend this doing this thing that I clearly love in a way that's not taking away from what they're doing, but I'm adding to it, and it's invention that." is what it is you mentioned how you like you know capitalism earlier mm-hmm. this is a version of capitalism man oh, absolutely but it's the kind that's born of i'm so utterly impressed with what this person did how can i not only do this but do it for a living so it's the only thing i'll ever have to do again yeah and as we got you know time started getting a little crazier than honestly COVID. the biggest boom was the um fall before COVID was officially announced hmm People were getting sick all the time. I mean, they were home for like a week off work. No one knew what the hell was going on back then. But around that fall, man, was when really things started amping up. Like they were already going that direction. Mm-hmm. But 2019 was that year where everything was finally the most important things were out there. Slenderman was driving still everything it was still, you know, for years. Then you had Marble Hornets, Everyman Hybrid, like all these shows that were specifically Slenderman based that were, you know, videos, you know, I guess, like, web series is, I guess, technically what they were. Um, You had all these going on, you know, and they were starting to die off a little bit. But the audio was getting bigger. And then you had more people start to pick up the video side of things. And the video side died. COVID. Killed video. No one was filming. So the audio had to get more creative. It had to get bigger. More people needed to do it. I still, even just today, I got a message on Reddit from someone wanting one of my older stories because they decided they're starting a podcast up and decided they wanted to do it so that, you know i'm getting contacted first story i wrote like seven or eight years ago and it's like and as soon as that started happening in 2019 i started writing a lot more a lot faster because of all the requests because people were just going on reddit and going this please i need this i want that and then channel zero happened on the sci-fi channel every season of channel zero is based on a no sleep story or a creepypasta hmm. you've got a uh, legend of hill house one of the writers comes from No Sleep. Hmm. That's how he got, that's part of why he got his job. He also does stuff with, you know, Don Mancini for the Chucky TV show now. Okay. So like, and now we're optioning everything. There are so many movies being optioned right now with writers from No Sleep and TV shows right now. So during COVID, all these people started getting optioned because they couldn't film. They had to figure out what they were going to come out with. And this was the trend. And word of all these options started flooding the market and no sleep in a gravy pasta. So even more narrators were picking these up because they were hearing, oh, this story was about to be optioned. I better get permission before anyone charges me any money and get out there so when this episode comes out, that movie will come out later, it'll get me noticed. It'll jumpstart my, my channel. Or if they were already popular, it was just a smart business move. It was just it was a smart business move at the end of the day. No. And that just fed everything. So is that need to seek out horror in new ways, that need for capitalism to inspire passion and a pandemic that just created over time a perfect storm that honestly did the best thing for, you know, for writers that I've ever seen. I'm going to I'm going to be honest in the horror of uh, in the, the industry of writing it, specifically in terms of horror. This is the biggest boom we've had probably since about the 40s or the 50s. Wow. Just 100%. It, it, it's just the truth. Because you know when Poe is doing his thing, he was not popular, man. When Lovecraft was initially doing these things, some people liked him, but it wasn't that. It wasn't all that. Bad. And how even uh, even about half a creepypasta and no sleep, Cthulhu Mythos, if you really look at what they are. And like, really read the subtext between the lines. It, it's a lot of that. Hmm. So, and it's widely, widely popular. Because, uh, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs>
0: Yeah that's yeah sure
1: was we based on our urban legends from Showbiz Pizza Palace which of course then became Chuck Cheese. Yep. Well you should know I mean it started in Chicago anyway.
0: Yep. I did I did know that they um uh, the um so no I love that. They um I, I think that's that's crazy and I mean like you know and 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 I mean that's one of the biggest reasons why we you know went to um the uh, you know did our show.
1: Excuse me. <laughs> The, oh, I'm, I'm coughing. Like, I mean, I'm just getting over like a really bad illness. <laughs> the um I'm trying to, like lean to the side and cough, but oh my god, sorry. The um uh, hey, but anyways,
0: so, hey, so I mean, that's the reason why we we did you know the Living Nightmares episode because we always knew that there's gonna be a wealth of material there. The um oh, yeah. uh, You know, I wish it was more successful so we can keep going because those fuckers are expensive. No,
2: the but, problem that we couldn't keep going is because we couldn't afford to keep yeah, going. Yeah, that mean, was the, the problem. Yeah,
0: they're, they're they're very they're very expensive productions, but you know, and, and we were self financing, but you know, but I mean. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, they're, they're great stories. I love them. I, I you know I'll, I'll pop them back in and
1: watch them. Because- I've been actually wanting to do what you guys are doing as far as working with some of the others. I know quite a few of them to do some of the bigger ones. i have been a film company, too. Just again, with COVID, I've, I've been kind of not really doing much of anything sure. it, it, to get people to want to. Like, I need to set like 20 people. Oh, that's too many people. You know, a lot of people are still even now concerned about that. And it's interesting. I, I once did an entire feature length movie for a hundred and twenty dollars we found everything we needed literally just asking businesses if they were throwing certain objects away we made our list of every single item we needed we talked to people that were passionate about it with, with, with an agreement here's our contract if this goes somewhere and makes beyond the amount of money that we all collectively pull out of our pockets to have fun making this thing this is how we divide it all sweet the um and that's what you know that that's what we made that movie for and Ultimately, we ended up raising probably about 10 grand over the period of, we're talking like seven or eight years. But almost all that's gone to a charity because nice. we decided half of anything beyond our threshold went to the American Cancer Society. So very nice. Thank you. I love that.
0: I love that. And that's, that's absolutely <laughs> And even
1: like three quarters of it all went to that. But.
0: That that's fantastic. I, I love that. The um uh you know and you know and 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 we had our you know our own set of difficulties, but you know I think There's the a lot out there, man. Yeah. Oh but yeah. So the
1: actors you get. I mean, oh my god. As an actor myself and someone who also writes for and directs actors, fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> I'm an actor too, so actors I know. Oh, we're all fucking nuts. Actors are
1: tough. Guys.
0: Yeah, we're <laughs> we're fucking nuts. The um uh, you know I, I I've been very so Zach uh, Zach I actually met Zach um eight. Nine years ago, auditioning for his senior project. So I, you know, and I've acted for him as a director twice or, you know, three times. Um, uh, uh, and, um, you know, it's been an amazing experience. But he's a he's a fucking lightning rod for good casting. He doesn't have he doesn't he hasn't experienced the shit show that you and I have seen you know, in other circumstances. He's always had incredible luck on his on his on always his do,
2: always do in-person auditions and. If you don't know how to read people, have somebody who does.
0: Exactly. That is one
2: of my key, I I guess, ups. I I read people in the room. I read how they act, like their body language, how they present themselves. All that stuff matters when I'm casting because I do not have the time or patience to deal with people who, one, do not give a shit about the role they are applying for. Two, Mm have, I don't know, issues or whatever that they're going to bring to set.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like,
2: this, it, I take a lot of things into consideration, and yeah, I have not been wrong since, and I am very happy and proud of that fact.
0: Yeah,
1: and also, too, he knows— If I took over and my own company, same situation, uh, I would add one rule to that. Do nothing with anyone unless they sign a contract. I cannot tell you how many projects of other peoples that I've been a part of that it was a handshake deal with someone who walked off set that was the main character, and it then took another year or two to make because of all— between litiga- some of it went straight to litigation. Some of it was, well, we're just going to dump everything. They didn't refilm everything, which made other people quit. Some more had to be refilmed. Uh, the first movie I did took six years. I did, was not making it. I was acting in it. Took wow. Six years to finish. Jesus it's to be now. You probably don't want to watch it. It's hilarious. It's comedy <laughs> horror, but it's it's also pretty bad. <laughs> the um, uh, have, got- I learned everything not to do in that six years.
2: Yeah. And that, that, working on senior films when I was in uh, college, that's exactly what I did. I was on, I want to say at least six or so senior films before i decided all right i'm ready to make mine because i want it because i there was a lot of stuff that didn't click for me as a filmmaker so i was just like all right i was finally invited onto one i'm going to take advantage of this learn everything i can so i know what not to do
1: yeah And when you're doing horror think about how much how much blood you need make three times that amount (laughs)
0: <laughs> well wait we, you know what though the, the, the good news is we already know that they all my the uh, that's a formula that we already are very familiar with they if all, you're uh, using
1: only one consistency you're also doing it wrong <laughs> there's seven major consistencies of blood that you've got to make and have on hand man
0: mm-hmm the um, uh yeah, no, I, weird no, the,
1: stuff, weird the, stuff,
0: yeah, oh yeah, the um uh, The good news is we have a, a bunch of, we have an amazing effects guy that uh, that's our uh, dear dear friend, and he and he kicks us. He's the monster penis guy. Um, uh, he's the guy who, yeah, he's the guy who does all of our shit. The um Eddie. so he's he's been great. And actually, it was always been, it was never a- a- actors and crew for us. It was always third, it was always third party vendors that was always the problem. The um, oh. I had I had I had an issue with a cop car. Um, uh, situation. Um, it looks great. It's fantastic. But, um, this guy put me into a level of frustration that, that I I, I think, you know, you want, I, so Italians and Sicilians will understand this, the, um, uh, the, there's understanding that there's a difference between business and business and he wanted, and he wanted, and he wanted, he wanted to see my business, my business side. The, um uh, the amount of frustration he's lucky he's not there because I would have fucking killed him and I would have put him in the back of his own police car and drove it into Lake Michigan they um uh, <laughs> they um uh, you know it, it, yeah they there's a great podcast where we uh, where I go into a whole rant about it but it, it taught a very important lesson contracts they um uh, you know write an agreement. The um, uh, you know, it's it's really that simple. The um, write an agreement. This We've is the also grid. heard that from several friends of ours. Contracts, and, and contracts,
1: contracts, contracts. And, and also, too, I is I don't care if it's your mother. Yeah. Contract. Yeah. Agreed. It, 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 it's not a personal thing. It's, it's it business. should never be seen as a slight on anybody. It's just business, man.
0: It's, yep. it, it's very business and it's a, and it keeps I'm covered, everybody.
1: You're covered. We're all covered. Let's make this shit.
0: Exactly. Yep. Agreed. Right. And then let's move on. The um, uh, the, you know, so, um, I, I, which is which is awesome. So, I, the, the one thing, too, I didn't want to miss out is talking about podcasting and talk about haunts because we've been trying to get haunt people on for a while. And it just for oh, scheduling give
1: you hundreds, if you want them, man, like I would.
0: We would love to talk located. about it. But it, but I know, too, that that is such a an art form. I have one question and it should devolve into something else. What is the what is the most um uh, what is the most? um Not. Misunderstood. That's what I was looking for. The most misunderstood thing about haunts and about haunt actors um, specifically, you know, what is something that that everyone either thinks is easy or they don't understand? You know, they don't. What's something about the science of it and the craft of it that that you hear all the time or a little bit that just really grinds your gears? This family guy likes to say that you go. They that go. That's just fucking not true. And, and that drives me insane. Why do you think that? Why does the general public think that? I got a lot of opinions as regular actors, how they think that, you know, they have opinions. But I'm curious about the haunt industry, haunt actors. What are some of these things that you've heard that you go, who the fuck tells you this shit?
1: Man, there are dozens of things that are all legit equally important. Number one, when a customer walks on and says, well, that wasn't scary. People need to understand that everyone has a different idea of what fear is. Or what freaks you out? What a good haunt does is recognize when they're not capable of scaring you, but still goes out of their way to entertain you to show you a good time. That is the number one thing. And I'm going to plug my haunt remote for here, here for a second. Hell's Dungeon, Dayton, Ohio. We got a, a, a Valentine's Day thing coming up the Saturday right before uh, Valentine's Day. We're doing a murder mystery party and a haunt. And our haunt, I took over as one of the uh, acting management team this year. This is what we taught them all year, finally. This team taught them, if you cannot scare someone, here's the signs that you need to look for, that someone is not enjoying your space. This is what you do. We taught them improv, which is, as a haunter, if you cannot improv, I'm not going to say you won't make it in the industry, because there's plenty of people that can't, that, you know, Play victims really well, and they're great screamers because it's 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 cool to have a couple screamers, not too many and not it's annoying, but it's cool to have some static characters, non-talking characters that that can't do that so well. But it's the people that know how to read body language Mm. that will make the best hunters every time over everyone else because they know how to adapt. And if our actors can't scare you, they will stop what they are doing. And mid act, you'll see them just switch gears, but. Most of them do it now in such a natural way that most if you're a hardcore hunter or hunter aficionado, you're going to you're going to notice it because, you know, a lot of them are still younger. You know, a lot of these, these people are kids or adults like yeah. starting to get So you might see the gear switch if you know what to look for. If you don't, they're going to act they're creepy, and then they just stop. And they'll say something. And here's one of my favorite things. Uh, it's a line that my character used that I also wrote for other people is, um, has anyone ever told you you look different when you're awake? And then you just walk away. I realized that I cannot scare you, but I'm going to leave you with that little nugget. And you're going to go, wait, what? And I'm gone. I'm gone. I've disappeared in the fog around a corner through God knows how I've disappeared because you've got no idea because you're distracted. And I just need that one moment of distraction to be gone. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. So that doesn't scare
1: you, but God, you're going to think about that when you go home later. They even, even, even if you think about it, oh, that was hilarious. You're, it's an earworm you're thinking about. It yeah. Exactly. So no, we were not, we not going to scare all of you. We mean never scare you at any haunt you can go through. But a good haunt will entertain you. They will recognize that. Oh, and yeah. that's my biggest thing that pisses me off is oh you're not scary. They are my but you're talking about me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I I've been I, I've I've actually that's actually happened to me at, at a haunt where like literally a, a like a, a creepy clown walked up in a very like high pitched voice and she, she she's like it's like I like those new drapes that you put in and then walked away they um <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like oh my the, um uh, you know or the ones that that hit on you but then also say something creepy I I, I think those are fucking funny they um uh, yep. they work. He had to drag
2: me away from a bunch of haunted nurses. One because I wanted to stay with them.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> they were just silent. He'll nurses. I'm there for life. I'm just gonna stay. The, <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'm there. the um, uh, the um, yeah, they're like the the like you know, I was like a uh, parent and like a little kid at like a at like a theme park. I'm like, all right, Zach, time to go home. The um, he's like, no, I want to stay with the sexy nurses. <laughs> for,
1: for actors, there's a lot of basic shit, man. Um, don't. This is actually, I've been putting together an actual class with handouts, which isn't really something that's done in the haunt industry. I mean, listen, if it's not done in Ohio, it's not done elsewhere. Ohio is the leader in the haunt industry. It always has been. It will always be. Mm. If you were to take the number of actual haunts in Ohio, not that stupid list you see going around where it shows how Ohio has like 100 and some odd haunts and everybody else has got like 12 or whatever. That is not even close to the real number of haunts here. That is um, actually outdated by 117 of just the – business license lines. you will not go to a town i don't care how small it is in ohio without seeing a couple it's someone's property not even just home haunts but actual full like haunted hay rides in someone's farm That's not even advertised you just saw a sign because you were, you stopped out the highway to gas station You're like oh there's on now let's go see that so that's... there are hundreds here we drive everything what people do in other states probably because they've been here they've seen how we run things because ohio runs a lot of things is it, it's really hard to it's hard to explain unless you've been to you know unless you come to ohio and see the haunts here we just have a different everything the intensity is different the effects are different and yeah a lot of the most top rated haunts aren't necessarily in ohio but a lot of those same people that rate the top haunts haven't even been to ohio haunts they've only been to the other ones in their areas and sure. those are the ones that play and there, there's a lot of debate about that actually in the And the whole review world. I love me some reviewers, dude. I love reviewers. Most of them are amazing people. But there's some short-sightedness sometimes if you've not been out here. But um, no open-ended questions is a big part of what I teach them. Mm -hmm. I don't say, uh, do you want to play a game or do you want to play with me? You know why? Because some asshole or drunk or smartass is going to stay in that room when the whole rest of this group leaves and say, okay, what do you want to (laughs) play? And now your exit is cut off. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I have seen people get punched, and in my time, I have been stabbed. I've got trampled by a horse in an accident once at a haunt. I've seen some of the worst shit happen to people at haunts because of either bad decisions, drunks, drugs were involved, or just weird confluence of it, events. It don't don't think it's not a dangerous scenario. Yeah. Well, now, where I work now, these last four years or three years, sorry, almost four, um, we've had good, great security teams that are there immediately. We have not had any major catastrophe. A couple of punches thrown. If you're a hunter, you're going to get punched in the face at least once in your life. I'm going to say a dozen times if you at least do a couple of years. Reaction. It's just, and, and we're right next to the, the, you know, the biggest Air Force Base, right, right? Right Pat Air Force Base. We're like a less than a mile from the Right Pat Air Force Base Museum. So we've got a lot of military people. PTSD is really prevalent in our area. They're going to swing. That doesn't mean they're bad people and you rush them out. You look at it. Did you startle them so bad that they reacted? And then did they apologize? If they stopped and checked on you as an actor and they apologized, dude, it's an accident.
0: Yeah, purely an accident.
1: people don't realize that we do put our lives on the line in odd situations. There's been mass shootings at haunts. I mean, all kinds of bad things have happened. During the clown takeover, there were some people that actually got hurt very badly because people were showing up dressed as clowns at their haunt. And they couldn't differentiate between some of the actors and the people and guns were fired. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's a dangerous job. It's it's like working security at a nightclub. I'm dead serious. Uh, there's gonna be sober people. There's gonna be drunks. There's gonna be nice drunks. There's gonna be angry drunks. There's gonna be people on heroin in your bathroom. There's just weird stuff is gonna happen, and you will not have explanations. You just gotta roll with it and hope to God that everything goes well. But then you gotta understand that what a haunt is is a weird combination of storytelling, live theater, and film. Here's why. Number one, when you walk through a haunt, that's planned. We know exactly what your perspective is going to be. Sure. Now, you can think that you, you're the kind of person, like I am, like I say I am, but can't possibly be. Uh, you think that, oh, I'm looking at every detail. I'm, I'm going slow. You might be noticing more details than a lot of customers. But every detail you're catching is really one you. We hoped that you would see it. Because we know that you're walking in from stage left. Because that's what that is when you're walking in that room going down to stage Right? right? We know your course. We know what you're going to see the film. The camera shows you what it wants you to see. Everything is lit in a specific way at specific angles because that's what you need to see. It's like theater because there's improv involved. Uh, if someone makes a mistake, what do you do? You don't freeze. Just go you with say it. yes and. It's yes and and you, your scene partner picks you up or the person the scene next to you notices and helps you. Whatever. It never stops. You cannot Remove the suspension of disbelief, or this is none of this is gonna work. And it's storytelling because in the scene, in your acting, in your costume, the music and sound effects that are in your room all together create the narrative. They create that live storytelling moment way more than the theater does, but in a different way than film. So you've got all three of these things coming together. But in a situation where people will walk through drunk or on drugs or angry or just scared and react strangely, so it's full context. Yep. Even if you're not an extreme hot and we're not an extreme hot, we will not touch you. Most haunts will not touch you. We're, we're 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 still going in there knowing that we're probably going to get hit tonight. It's just it's going to happen. You psych yourself up so when it doesn't happen, you're like, hey, I got lucky this time.
0: Oh yeah. And I remember hearing stories from my family um, from the 70s um, and the 80s. And back in the day when, when when it was a fucking, like, there was some shit. Like, my, my Aunt oh, Cindy yeah. getting, getting kidnapped by a bunch of witches. And they and they literally locked her in some room. Oh, they just uh, grabbed
1: the room into the woods. Yeah, yeah. They, the, yeah locked her in some room. room. Getting into it. Yeah, we, we, we were allowed to do stuff like that to a degree. Oh, yeah. And there's still lots now that as long as they, you build it that way, totally allowed to do it. You just have to build it that way. There's a touch pass involved, like a red bracelet or something like that, that they'll know that. They can grab you and do things to you. Cover you in blood. You know, whatever. I've been buried alive before.
0: So, uh, what's what's something else too that uh, that people are misinterpreting about? Um...
2: Actually, do you mind if I ask a question about ha- uh, haunts?
1: Yeah, go well, ahead. Yeah, yeah, want, yeah. So,
2: yeah. one thing I've always wanted to know because I always feel bad for doing this when I'm walking through, I'm either laughing or I have a big smile on my face, like, like and it's like Many it's because I'm unhappy. like. It, Okay, because I'm, I'm enjoying myself, like, because I just started doing Haunts, because I never did Haunts just because I never had people to go with or whatnot, but we started doing them back in, like, 2018, and we went to um, Hell's Gate and Statesville.
1: Um, oh, that's Statesville, one. Statesville.
2: That's one. yeah, loved yeah. them. I had the biggest smile. That, that was the place with the nurses. I'm, like, I'm having such a good, and I walk out of there, I think, like. They probably hated me because I'm just with this big oh. fucking no. smile. I'm like, no, no, no. I, but I
1: loved what it. What they did w- do is they remembered you. I guarantee they spoke about you at the end of the night because here comes this guy. The thing is, we have tough nights, man. Sometimes we have people where we, where we see 50 people and four hours. We're standing there with our thumbs up our asses, bored as shit, talking to people in the rooms near ours. And just, I mean, as a man, I am the only manager that works full time in the haunt. I'm doing nothing manager except the, the scenes I'm with. I'm in there the whole night with all the rest of the actors. And that's not because they won't because the other managers, they'll jump in there anytime. And if we're too busy, any, anytime. It's just being a hunter is first in, in the acting side of it. Is, for me, is first before management. And it helps to have someone that's always also to see the other side of things. That's like my specialty. But we get bored. We get pissed. We have customers that come through and swing. We're angry. So when we see people like you, that is clearly, you're not making fun of us. You are enjoying yourself. And there's a difference. Yeah. There's like, oh yeah, that's fucking stupid. And oh my God, dude, did you see that? And just, you know, there, there's a big difference, man. And we, we're trained to look at details because we've got, to, we've got to look at your body. We've got to read those things to entertain you. We love that. And my character right now is an asshole. He's an irredeemable asshole named J.B. Rot, And he runs the freak show. He's half carnival barker, half actual medical uh, freak himself that he uses to make money and, you know, rob people. Um, I have cool people. I will make fun of you based on what you wear. If you say or do something that I think is, my character thinks is stupid and his presence, he will stop your group and let you know that you're a complete fucking moron. <laughs> but when I see people like you, I do it more and I dial it up. But what you will also see on my face is the a grin that matches yours the whole time I'm doing it because we've connected. I get it. You're enjoying it. Now you get to see me enjoy it. Because I I want you to see how much it means – that it means the same to us as it does to you. So, no, we love that man. Do that more. Encourage other people to do that, please.
2: No, because I I, I love taking my time – watching the scenery, enjoying the actors, especially when uh, – one thing I love are interactive and creative fonts. like, all right, got to get on your knees, go through this dark tunnel, or they do this thing with, like, the lasers and there's, like, a layer of fog underneath and you got to traverse through that, or you go through these walls of the spinning – I love all that shit. The more interactive, oh, yeah. the bigger the fucking smile on my face will be. Yeah. Um, th- th- We were at Halloween Horror Nights this year and they had this, like, simulated raining thing. We were going through this, oh, like – so it, this Lovecraftian-spirited dock thing—you could smell the ocean. You walk in, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" This got co- it's like
0: cold. We got cold in here. They had like they, uh-
2: sirens. <laughs> there were dead boats. They had like these dudes in those old diving suits. The only thing I thought that was weird about them were their faces were like—it was like pretty colors and something like that. It was a little weird, but overall,
0: fucking loved it. Well, they were it. fish
1: scales. They're supposed to be fish scales.
0: Yeah. Okay. That, that that yeah, makes more sense. Ones
1: from, yeah, yeah. Don't miss those. Yeah. It
0: was like it was like the fog and stephen king and i was like and i was like bioshock's on its way isn't it if it, it felt it felt like it felt like that's the turn that it could take at any moment Dude,
2: i would love to see a fucking uh, oh, yeah, bioshock oh, theme haunted would, out. Like, especially that. if you could oh. somehow build it under oh. the water oh i would pay top fucking dollar be to st- do an underwater haunted. imagine they have to lather you up in scuba gear oh my god that's the fucking the, the, dream uh, right
1: there be still are- be still hey, my beating fucking heart. We hard. do have to use – not at our haunt, but a lot of haunts over here, do, we use wetsuits sometimes. Uh, the longest haunt in the world is in Ohio. It's called the Lewisburg Haunted Caves. You are 100 feet underground. You're going through a cave system. I'm talking a couple hours, okay? This is not a joke. I'm not over-exaggerating. You can look it up yourself. It's in the record book still. No one's beat it. There are sections where you're walking over chasms. Now, they seem a lot higher up than they actually are because it's designed – to seem like it's a long way down into water, but really the waters are up underneath the bridge. They come up out of the water, reach, and they're allowed to touch you. They can't hurt you or grab you or like throw you, but they pop out of the water while you're, I'm talking like a several hundred foot long bridge that's rickety and moves over water <laughs> in a cave and just, and then touch your leg and right back down in the water. <laughs> we have the uh, USS Nightmare right on the edge of Ohio and Kentucky. I've heard you're of that. On a giant. Steamboat, yeah, in the water.
2: I want to do this. Isn't that one actually like haunted? Is, I want to do um, this.
1: There are rumors. That I I, mean, I can't confirm it either way. Uh, I've only been there a couple times, but I, I don't know the, the all the validity behind the rumors and what a lot of people have said about that boat. But I would believe it. But but but, but, but that reason. is but it
0: is the one that I'm thinking of that the like yeah. that, that that is that is that is haunted the um uh, that's
1: one of the, the big one is like the Queen Anne
0: thank you yes that, uh, that, uh, yeah
1: that's that, that's the big one that they do a haunt sometimes and that one I I, I believe is Actually the USS Nightmare it's it's a much smaller decommissioned like steam vessel but there's rumors about it as well
0: yeah the um uh, the I love I have a I have a, a a special place in my heart for haunts that are haunted the um the this is this is something like you know it's it, it is a hat on a hat but like it, but it's the best hat on a hat that you could possibly
1: have. People assume that the the smartest thing to do is to build a haunt in a building or an area that is haunted. Terrible fucking idea. (laughs) It's a very terrible idea. I've worked at a couple, The one I work out now has a lot. There's a lot of things that you will just see and watch happen that's not connected to our airlines. There's no actor over there. It is not even something that moves. And you will just see it go. You will be the only one in the building and you know this because you've got access to all the cameras with sound as you're walking around because it's in a bad it's not necessarily in a bad area it's just not an area you want to leave the doors open you know fair enough and uh you'll be down there by yourself you know looking looking at the camera making sure you know your phone all the camera feeds you don't know you're alone but you walk into a room and something goes around the corner your peripheral vision you're like oh that was weird so you start moving quicker and every time you go quicker and hit the next room peripheral vision right around the next corner over and over and over. Weird stuff like that happens where I'm at. But I did work at a place that um, I partly owned this place a long time ago. It was in Cincinnati. It was called the Bordello of Blood. And it actually was in an old uh, Bordello that still had the working bar underneath it. And we had some pretty dangerous things happen there involving things that did not exist. One in which um, a woman was crying and screaming, and we thought we thought it was a customer that had come in that no one caught, and we didn't even charge them. And eight of us physically watched her stop and stare at us and run up to the next floor, which we couldn't use because it wasn't safe. And we ran up, to, you know, because it was it was a safety problem. And she normal clothes. It wasn't like, 1800, you know, it was not like Victorian <laughs> clothing, all this weird shit. It was just a person. It looked like she had like a white hoodie on, like a dark, dirty white hoodie. That's what it looked like, And we ran up there and we see her and she's moving like right into. And we know where the floor is unstable. So we're freaking out moving forward and moving forward. My buddy rushes out to like grab her, and we all watched her and just not be there. She just it was like almost vapor all of a sudden. And he went through, he went through the floor, caught himself where we from the when we went down and looked up to see how we could help, the lower, his lower half was hanging out of the ceiling. He was only holding himself up from his upper body strength. That was it. And a lot of other weird and dangerous things happened like that the whole time. We ended up only seeing open for a month. And I wasn't, I believe in all that stuff, but I've never been run out from it because I'm just too inquisitive and I I have to know things and I have to experience things even if it's bad for me. And, uh, but the people I worked with, they just, people started quitting one after the other, after the other, the other one was like, dude, we can't, the insurance alone is through the roof right now with all the accidents that have happened. We've got to, we've got to cut. So we actually lost uh, quite a bit of money on that. Wow, <laughs> quite a bit of money on that building. Holy so it should it be very dangerous to have a haunt in a haunted location. It, it's it's great for your customers. It, it's great for you, you know your notoriety, but uh, pay attention to the history of your location. Make oh. sure it's not a haunt. that's going to get people killed. Yes,
0: no shit. Sure. Well, I mean, I, you know, I learned that from uh from Hell House LLC. They um uh, the um, <laughs> <laughs> I I I learned enough of enough of my lesson and everything else. So um fucking love that. And 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 don't get me wrong. I, I would love to have you back on with, with some other haunt actors and everything else I had another podcast to talk all about that.
1: But I didn't want to oh, miss man. The, the network that I work for, uh, PBDC, uh, Psycho Bunny Death Call. Um, one of our hosts and and one of the owners, uh, Akaha her entire show is cost uh, chit chat is primarily just a uh, haunt actors actually that's how I, I joined the network was she did one episode with me let me so much they just hired me like permanently so I do a lot with them now but I mean we you name a state help you name a country and we can probably just send you a message say hey how many people do you want where you know what different backgrounds do you want from and just give you a list
0: That'd,
1: that'd be any time. Any
0: That would be unbelievable. They um and I'm glad you know you made a really good transition there um uh, to talking about the podcasting and everything else. You know how did that start with you and you know how did you start doing it? Obviously, it's probably not. As much of a bad, you know, and a hard transition going in from the creepypasta side and all that writing stuff, and then going into the written word, and then going into that. You also mentioned that you had some radio background as well, so I'm curious how that yeah. came into your existence, Elma, um, uh, and specifically talking about horror within that.
1: Here's the weird thing: you were talking about how you remembered when you were young, uh, where digital and analog was going digital. Mm-hmm. I was in broadcasting school. The year that they announced, we are no longer using analog, and we're going fully digital, so we have to retrain you on everything, but we're not going to charge you for all these extra classes. Wow, well, that was nice. I was cutting – I cut some of the original promos for an old TV show called uh, Kindred the Embraced. It was about a Vampire the Masquerade, great right? little TV show for a while. Sure. And I was still on the old uh, the old analog editing systems where you got to take your VHS tapes here and there and move a little cutting wheel it was a nightmare to do right <laughs> so we're, we're going straight into digital for, for the video side but everything in audio is still dude it's still carts the equivalent to uh, over large eight tracks and reel to reels we're just now starting to use computers for, for wow. all this stuff like for our broadcasting it's like all, everything's being updated like digitally now and it was a weird combination for me of growing up with um audio dramas mm. like the shadow like a lot yeah. of great old school, you know, uh, terrifying tales. Um, Cause my mom loved them when she was a kid and she just, we had a radio station every Friday night. They would play them back to back to back for like five or six hours every Friday. And that was a family thing that ended up again over time, just me and her doing together. And then like coast to coast with, you know, Art Norrie George Bell, uh, George, we Art Bell. Sorry. I just totally said that backwards. But uh, so it started before then, but when I, when I got into broadcasting, it was both radio and video. And then I started getting hired for radio stations. And I just realized that, I mean, when I'm not sick, I obviously have a voice for radio. It was something that was supernatural to just talk and bullshit. <laughs> and it was always talk show stuff, like some music, but talk show stuff. And then I quit uh, one day. I just, I ended up joining a band. I I didn't do any sort of broadcasting or anything. I started doing horror films. I was in wrestling professionally for a while. And then I got old. Seriously. I, I just, I just started getting old, man. And I, I hit, uh, I think I was 31 or 32, which when you've led the life I've lived, we're uh, it, surprising I'm still alive. It's a, a big age to get to. And um, an old friend of mine popped up and said, Hey, you're Kevin Smith. And I was like, well, well, yeah. He's like, Do you like podcasts? And I'm like, What the fuck? What does that have to do? What? <laughs> and that's when I, and apparently he'd been doing some podcasts for a, a couple of years. And I just, I didn't know what a podcast was because I, I just didn't know. I didn't pay attention to the world. I, I have a bad habit of living in my own little world. And uh, he's like, yeah, listen to this. And I listened to this podcast. I was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. I should listen. He's like, no, no, I'm asking you because of your background. I want to know if you want to do a podcast with me. You know, we don't live in the same state. We haven't for years. We just roommates, we, you know, we're best friends. This is how you and I can connect. You know, he was in Tennessee at the time. I'm in Ohio. I was like, yeah, you know, screw it. Let's try it. That became like a, a, a something that we did like once a month to every other week, to every week, to now suddenly uh, we had people like, Christopher Moore, Mark Dufault. We had uh, special na- announcements from Ann Rice. I mean, just all kinds of people in the horror industry, too. Tony Todd, the entire cast of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Hellraiser, Nightbreed, like, hey, right place, right time. We'd go to conventions, hey, can you do me a favor? Can I get you on camera or your voice? Let's do it. And it just became this thing where we just kept doing it, and then suddenly we were in network. And then about a year before COVID, we, you know, my partner had some issues, and we kind of folded. And then I took a break, honestly, because we had been doing the show at that point in time, like six or seven years solid. Wow. We were doing really well. We had switched platforms so many times, made my head spin. At that point in time, we had like four or five co-hosts. Or some <laughs> episodes were like sometimes three, four, five hours long because we didn't do it for money. We did it because well, we were friends and we wanted to do it. And when we did make money, it was like, oh, shit, we can buy a better computer. We can buy a better mic, a better co- – we can buy all these things. And then now suddenly podcast pays for itself. All the video projects we were doing like we did our own Sunderman man series for a while that paid for itself because of advertising from the podcasts everything just kind of didn't get rich but everything paid for. It itself. And when he stopped I just I lost my passion and I kept trying it like a, a couple different times right I tried to get back into podcasting some of it was through um you know. Narration of stories, like my own stories and people's stories sometimes. Or I'd be a guest on friend's podcast or, or like this situation. i you know, I find some awesome people and get offered the, the opportunity to sit down and hang out. And, uh, and then PPDC happened back in September. And, I, and that was the first time that I found like, a, a group of people that I immediately was just like, this felt like a new partner again, made, made better in some ways, you know, in, in their own unique ways, different. And it, it just made me realize how passionate I'd always been about broadcasting also. And we do a lot of true crime, you know, um, cults, serial killers, haunter interviews. Sometimes we play cards against humanity and stream it or just, you know, act like terrible people for a little bit. We have edible shows, which you can imagine those are yeah, hilarious. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've even done mystery science theater like type shows where we just, you know, public comments, you know, freak whatever licensed commons movies and just have fun. I, I think their passion just becomes, uh, it, it goes back to storytelling and my grandma. Podcasting is just me sitting here telling you guys a story, man. Whether it's about what I've written, my favorite movie, you know, everything we talked, creepy pastas—it doesn't matter. I'm just sitting here talking with awesome people I'm on a story, man. And my mantra in life is that I don't care how old I am, I don't care what is going on, I don't care if I am poor and penniless for the rest of my life. I want to make cool shit with cool people, and if I'm doing that, everything else is going to work out because. That's, that's my love language. That's, that's my passion. That's my soul. If it's horror, great. If it's podcasting, it's great. If I'm slapping myself in the face at a comedy show and I'm uh, making 20 people laugh in a room, that's great. If one person, only one person reads my next book or tunes into my next podcast, I'm a new friend. I, I, I just met someone new to one person that I influenced. Just one. I'm, I'm good with that. And once you, once you hit that, you realize that the pressure's gone, man. You're going to have monetary pressures with projects. That's not going to go away, man. like, You're going to have stupid people do stupid shit that you can't make cool things with sometimes. But as long as you're still doing that and realizing that you're doing it for you and not for other people, that you're happy with it, fuck it. You're going to always be happy with what you're doing.
0: I love that. And And actually – I can't say anything better than that, so we're going to go right to the question of the podcast. Um, uh, because if I'm going to end something on something, I think that it should be end on this. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, the um, and I'm a talker, man, but uh, yeah, I, I, I know when I know when to concede. Anyway, he did not
1: shut up for a living. I'm sorry. No, what dude. Oh my god! Dude, you kidding fucking
0: can, great. Do you know how much easier it is to fucking have another podcast around this and and uh, and to have like. A, a full-blown conversation you know like it, it, this is right next to the uh the producer of one of our dear friends uh, he was a um, who's a hip-hop artist and he works at the last blockbuster in bent oregon it was one of the it, that conversation and this conversation were the easiest conversations that we've had in a <laughs> while so so no
1: i'm sure you've had the people like that seem pumped up you talk to them they're like oh this is gonna be awesome and they get on the camera or, or the mic and they're just like And it was, and they get quiet. They (laughs) are my. They're (laughs) just like, dude, dude. Are you? Is everything cool? Like. We, do we need to cut? Take a break. Are, are you all right?
0: <laughs> the um, uh, the <laughs> it's like that joking family guy. On the third day, Abraham said <laughs> said this and this and this, and then God said, "Can you please step closer to the microphone? I can't hear you." <laughs> the um, uh, but no, anyway, so um, I end I end every podcast with a question of the podcast. It's a fun one that I I just make up. Um, I don't I don't pre plan those. Um, but. I think it's actually appropriate, and I
1: might have asked it before, but I I really want to hear it this time around. What is a type of phrasing? You said I might have asked it before, but I really want to actually hear the answer this time around. Yes. And that really made me laugh because that is such a podcaster thing to say to a guest.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. They, <I> mean, <laughs> just by any chance that you go back and, and and look at the previous podcast and go, that wasn't an original question at all. How dare you recycle on my part?
2: Trust me, Mark. I know you've recycled comments or er, questions oh. at oh, least two or three times. Oh, you have to. Like, oh, but-
1: dude, If you write something that works, you put that in your back pocket because you're our next guest probably has not even heard of your show, let alone watched five seconds of it. They're not going to know the difference. Correct. So work smarter, not harder.
0: Exactly. Agreed. Exactly. So, um, uh, so. In the because we're all massive fans of haunts, obviously you in one. What is a type of haunt that you've always thought of in your head or always wanted to see but have never seen before?
2: You asked that for the lawn podcast. I did <laughs> ask that for the lawn <laughs> podcast,
0: but but we are also in the presence of a great haunt. No, absolutely. Hunter, so I want absolutely. I want to deep dive into this. The um, what's the type of haunt? I'm gonna that blow your
1: mind. Oh, I can't and wait. I'm pompous. I don't. I, I have no self-esteem, no ego. I've just. I've never had those things because I don't care to have those things. Um. So part of this, the whole book I was, I was telling you about, the, the Haunted Hospital book, it, it's exploring the past and the events that happened and the epistolary, like hidden documents, emails kind of, kind of thing. But the whole premise of it is that there's this guy that has these friends that get together and they take the whole concept of that original haunt and they turn it into something r- like huge. Like Their company is known for these giant things. And uh, so they redesign the original Haunted Hospital using the same name for a pop-up weekend attraction to make all this money. Very similar to the team that did these things in the um, uh, Hell House movies, because, you know, they they were talking about the past project. It's very similar to a group of people like that. So I've been working on this concept for a haunt since I was nine years old. My mother actually helped me design parts of the concept for this. So much like Haunted Hospital, if you get out in a certain amount of time, um, there's prizes. Now, the original actual story is that you got your refunded, Mm-hmm. Uh, tickets to come back with a friend another night and a t-shirt that said I survived the haunted hospital that's the actual original history for this by the way that's what you got out and it was under three hours because mm-hmm. they were a lot of in closets and shit for as long as they wanted like weird shit it was the 70s man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that, that, that's sort of the premise in this they take it a step further there's time trials where you can do challenges and very odd things think like um, like fear factor and weird stuff like that like you eat yeah. some bugs or you know whatever where you can shave time off and actually compete to survive during this time period of getting out there so it's, it's that sort of really time-hardened setup there's like a very live challenge there's all these little things you can do but it starts with the show that tells you the narrative of what this hunt is it seems to summon spirits from the other world that live on this property and they give you candles and tell you these candles can't go out for the first full part of the hunt if these candles go out not only could something terrible happen to you but uh, you're going to lose time, and you're definitely not going to. You're not going to get down under three hours. So there's this urgency, financial, um, you know, wh- whatever you want to call. It, there's multiple different urgencies, and then you have plants where you see someone's candle go out, and suddenly that person disappears. Oh, because if you put plants and they really see like something just happened to someone, the intensity. But it starts as a haunted trail after that, or a haunted hayride it goes right to a haunted hayride. And everybody's loaded up, right? Towards the end, oh man. The driver's acting really weird and erratic. It seems like the engine's misfiring. The, it, it just broke down. Oh, man, you're, you're, you saw all these scenes, all these crazy things were going on. No time trials yet except for your, just your candle, getting it to stay lit in a moving vehicle. But you get to where you're going. Smoke starts pouring out of the engine, fog machines. Panels open up under your feet and hands come out and grab you. You suddenly realize you're in a graveyard and you're now being abandoned by the driver who's kicked you off because it's broken down. And then drives away and leaves you there. <laughs> Then you play Ghosts in the Graveyard if you're brave enough. You move on to the Haunted Trail. You notice that you're walking through all these dense woods again, terrifying things, cryptid-heavy. A lot, a lot of cryptid-based, like Creepy Pasta type stuff. Like really, just mind-altering. More challenges. Buried Alive. And as you start to walk, you start realizing now you're going uphill. Eventually, you see the farmhouse on top of the hill. Now it's a haunted house that you have to survive by starting at the top floor and working your way down to the basement in it. So it's this multi-multiple attraction all built into one with time trials, with games. And not to mention before and after, you've got freak shows going on. You've got carnival games. You've got the oddies, freak show type stuff. You've got all these different things happening. uh, Bands all different genres that are all themed. Food. So it's this giant circle of just parties and games and all these crazy things happening with that giant haunt right in the center. And that is the the haunt that I'm going to create one day that I've been designing since I was nine just for what I hoped would be the book. I'm actually finally writing, now. <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of interactivity, man. That's, that's, that's fucking fantastic, man. Zach, because you were mentioning yeah. that, you know, interactivity is what got you off on haunts, man. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That's what does it for me too.
2: Oh like, yeah. Yeah. And all I, the to add to that, like that's, that's kind of, like, yours is way more expansive than I like my two ideas for well, actually three. Uh, lot simpler but you know just so you can quickly get through them or not. one was um this is inspired by a halloween horror nights thing we went through the texas chainsaw massacre one and it was just like it it felt okay but what i thought would have made it cool was all right you hold off you let the group go you wait you wait you wait and then out of nowhere like the the guy who's holding off just says run and then as you start running leatherface bursts through like the sliding door with the chainsaw and chases you through the house that would have been sick, and you could do that with stuff like Jason, you can get a little bit more creative with, like, multiple Freddies and, like, some weird dream shit, and um, we do th- it. I, I would love to see we do something, something like some that.
1: that. Where I find a lot of hunts over here do very similar things. There's one I actually used to do it with Leatherface for a while.
2: Dude, that's fucking sick.
1: Oh, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's brilliant, though, because like, you don't expect it. You think you are going, you sh- should expect it, but then you're like, oh, no, it's the end. It's over, and then... Yeah,
2: yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> One of the other ideas I had was maybe like a, a something akin to like a survival room, like um, I I, I go to do, the Doom experience, like fucking Slayer and shit like that. Like you're given like a I don't know an airsoft gun or a paintball gun, and you have to go through this thing and you have to kill all the demons and shit like that. And if they like grab you or like c- capture you it's game over like you have to get from one end of the base to the other end of the base something along the lines of that. it doesn't have to be doom thing i just imagine that because i fucking love doom we or
1: we have if- three companies uh that do some similar one with Billy ball one with laser tag and one with paintball guns it's more zombie themed traditionally yeah but mm-hmm. love, we, i've seen some demon ones and some like one year i saw a laser tag one that was a, like um american H. Mcgee's ver- version of alice in wonderland like the really dark fucked up shit but it was it was laser tag it was blow your mind stuff man it's
2: <laughs> that's so fucking sick yeah. we don't have like the closest thing we have to uh something like that is um the monster truck paintball experience smart, which smart is person. fucking awesome yep. yep. oh, yep. But and the yep. last last idea i had this i i want this idea to be put through it full you have to do it in a forest or a jungle experience and there, you have a group of four you're given like all sorts of military grade airsoft weapons and a predator is hunting you some guy, wh- whoever the biggest guy in your group, he gets the fucking chain gun. But there is a predator hunting you, and this this actor has to be good. He has to be able to do the predator clicks. He has to be big and he has to be stealthy too. Climb trees, parkour, all that shit. I don't know how you would put that off, pull that off, but I would kill to see or experience something along those lines, and my brother would too because we are predator fanatics. It's like a religion no, I have to seen,
1: us. Like. About twelve or thirteen years before its time, something very similar to a Dead by Daylight setup before. Nice. Very. Nice. I mean, I'm talking years, decade, over a decade before the game even existed. Weird shit like that. But like that stuff that happens in Ohio, like 10, 20 years ago, like no joke. That people, it was great, and then it ran in its course. But everywhere else has never seen it. And we're just like, oh, we should bring that back. You should. So you, you might inspire me or other people around here because I've heard about some things like people talking about it like in nearby states here recently. Um, there's a, a great review company called um, Face, A guy named Tyler, fantastic guy, has been running the thing for like seven years. He was just talking to me the other day about wanting to do a Deadlight, Dead by Daylight experience out in Alabama, and I was like, "Dude, done it. Let's talk." So, uh, <laughs> when when we did it, it was uh, Silent Hill Bay, and you had to actually collect keys and shit. It was
2: perfect. You could do Silent Hill, Resident Evil, like yeah. there are so many video game be- theme based ideas that you could do that would sell like hotcakes because gamers love that shit. I, as a gamer myself. Fucking I, I'd see that and I'd go, yes, like uh, like there was a Resident Evil haunted house for the uh universal Halloween Horror Nights, Trent, uh, Japan, specifically Japan. I wished it was Makes in sense. Florida, in America, but they no, that it. was a Japan. The exclusive. only year
1: I got to go, they had um, they had a Resident Evil one. It was the first year that they did The Walking Dead one. They also did Resident Evil. Yep. Um God.
2: Video game or a movie? The video game. OK, thank God. Like
1: There was someone running up a wall paused in place. And the whole room, you saw a a block letters that said pause when you walked into the room, and everything was frozen. There was a liquor coming off the wall, this tongue just frozen in place. Like, it blew my (laughs) mind, dude. Like, Hey, every, I, got the shirt. I got the shirt somewhere. If, if I can find it, I'll tell you what year it was. But.
0: But, you know, it was probably it was before my time. It was probably like 07, 08, 06, somewhere around there. The, yeah, um, if this were
2: Walking Dead, this would have had to have been around uh, 2010 or 11.
0: I
1: don't remember. I think it was in my um,
0: junior year of high school, so probably 11. It, then and then, and then, I, then, then I, I don't think that I was there. on Season 3.
1: Season three was the big season. Was, okay. Right, right, between season three and four, of Walking Dead is, is the year it came out. Okay.
0: okay. The um. yeah, uh, that's around thirteen or so. Yeah, was, and then I might have missed that year. The um, because uh, uh, I I've been going a lot and everything, and I had seen a bunch of crazy. It was shit. the
1: only haunt that was not good there. Uh, that <laughs> sucks. Oh, it, oh it, the evil, it was the year the Evil Dead remake came out. Well, it's not really a remake, as you know, but um. Thirteen. Uh, but yeah, because they, they actually had the blood rain and the pages in the book and uh, Kevin in the Woods was there. Oh, yeah. wait, okay, wait, then wait, then wait, I was wait, there. Wait. Hold, then I was hold, there. Hold,
2: hold up. Hold up. Wait, they actually did the
0: blood rain. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah they,
1: it was I also great. See, saw Maya cutting her uh, her. It was it Maya. It was rather cutting her leg off with the electric um, carving knife. I missed all like, the good ones. Yeah, I remember. I that missed all the
0: good ones. I'm, 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 having, I'm having flashbacks about it now because I remember the cabin of the Woods one very clearly. And then also Tuesday, the other Evil of the Dead, right. and then they also had American Werewolf in London at, yes. that year as well, and, oh, and it I was fucking might
1: have been the best one,
0: and it was fucking fantastic. The Cabin yeah. in the Woods, the that's my, my like my favorite horror movie. So I, I remember it. I, I ran I ran through that, and I remember my cousin had not seen the movie yet, and he, he, we loved it. He had so many questions. He's like it's like why were all those monsters over here? And, and, and why, the way why,
1: they did that with the effects, and, and and like you know the holograms and all that, like of walking down that corridor with the oh, elevator doors, just oh. like. It was so cool.
0: They, uh, it was, it was so, and actually, by the way, until when I, when I'm on, I, I'm very like, I was very before the, the network, I was very on my toes. So it was very hard to get me, Um, uh, you know, and I was, and I was also, I just am like, it just is what it is. I was always on my toes. And if you got me, that was impressive. Like, you know, cause I don't get, gotten. I
1: shake hands. I stop and say, you don't know how important this is, but you got me. And yeah. then when I leave, I find out the owner and I tell them who it was and why it mattered. Yeah, exactly. And then I go tell everybody I know about
0: it. The um, because uh, because I mean, yeah, I very rarely get got, but that was also the one house that I let those feelings go. Like I was like, I'm going through this because it's so important of a movie to me. I was like, I'm going through this like a regular person because I because I fucking love this. But um, uh, but I I for my choice though, it's definitely um, there there was an idea. It was more of an idea, and then I have a few themes that I wanted. I always wanted one that would separate groups. The um and, and and say and say like three people have to go this way and three people have to go this way like I would have loved to d- done that concept but when it comes to like themes it's definitely um when we went to a, hotel, a, a one of them they had an elevator um and like a lot of theme parks do this like where they where they'll have like an elevator shake or uh, to assimilate uh, you, know, you tra- elevator yeah yeah they're, they're transporting you to another place and everything else within them yep. the I would love that concept to be used with. If we're going to go to space, Alien or The Flood from Halo, um, uh, that specific one. I'd like to see an
1: Alien Isolation sort of like based one. That would be a really
0: cool And then, of course, that would be a dream. That would be a fucking fantastic. And then, of course, the opposite, going to the ocean to go do Bioshock. um, uh, That game has a special place in my heart. The poster's right behind me the um, uh you know it, it's very very huge you know and uh, in, in my life so i would love to see that but when it comes to the whole thing the whole concept i thought about that years ago about separating groups and being like all right only it, two people can go this direction and that, three
1: people can go that direction that's not a normal thing to not separate groups right
0: yeah but separate them during the during the uh, the, the actual oh, yeah. yeah during during that's the actual normal. thing uh, really cuz i haven't seen that i'm going
1: to say something very unpopular um Here's where universal horror nights will always fail, and it'll never get better. You go through them as a line.
2: Yeah, Congo lines. We have been that uh, we, 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 We've talked the about it. Biggest complaint.
1: The only thing, period, that's good about that place is all the fucking work and the details yes. and yes. the environment. Yes. Now, nowhere in Ohio will you ever, ever go through anything as a line. At best, you're talking maybe a group of six or seven, unless you fight with the owner. And you, we've had people make us put their group of 10 forward. Fucking hate it. I don't like to have a group bigger than five or six come through my hunt. And if we feel like it for fun, when you get to my free show, I'm going to split you up. I'm going to find a reason to keep have the group there and just to be dicking, like, you get out of here. You're my problem now. We do this. <laughs> this, is, this it, it's actually a super common thing. It's one of the, thing, the things that honestly I think makes Ohio a lot different Is most hunts you go to do you're already starting with a small group yeah. to make it personal. So you have these unique experiences. You're going to have assholes behind you that are drunk that might run and try and catch up with you. We train our actors to stop that. Most good hunts train the actors to stop the drunks from ruining the experience of the other people from catching up with the people in front of you or falling back, going too slow. We have ways to, you know, to kind of meter that. But I think the coolest thing that I've seen in recent year, someone made a choose-your-own-adventure haunt where not only could you get separated from your group, you can walk out a different exit and have to wait 10, 20 minutes on them to even finish their experience. (laughs) I love that. Me and my wife went there by ourselves and we still like holding hands. They managed to separate us. And she's like me. She does not get scared. She loves war. does not freak out about stuff, but we'll shake your hand and applaud you if you do a good job. Um, We somehow got split up and I walked out a completely different side of this thought than she did.
0: That's awesome. And there's like
1: a five minute difference. And we're like, it's like it looks like a carnival ride. It looks like a bad fun house at a carnival ride. It's on the risers, with the trailer thing. It doesn't even look like it could possibly be that big until you walk all the way around and realize there's eight different exits. Mm. And we saw different things. That's that. Yeah. Which leads me to one of the greatest creepy buses of all time, No End House. If you've not checked it out, do yourself a favor. It's about a haunt. That you walk in room number one, it looks like Kmart or Walmart left over haunt shit just in a room, like bats, rubber bats, stupid. But each room you go to gets more and more, and more, and more. I have heard this. More I have heard Now this. they did a season of it for Channel Zero, but it's not nearly as good as the actual story. But it, in my opinion, it's probably one of the best creepy bosses. But it's just, it's about a haunt, and it just it gets deeper to the point where you don't even know if you've actually left the haunt. You're at home, but you think you might not have ever left. Like, it's, it's so psychological. It's, it's messed up. Like, that kind of stuff is this The stuff you can do in haunts, man, like, it just takes a little bit of ingenuity. You'd be surprised what we make and things that we pull off at ours. We're not a big pot, man. We're, we're still pretty small. We're underneath the strip mall, for fuck's sake. Like, literally, we're under a strip mall. We're the whole basement. You have to actually walk down the stairs to get into Hell's Dungeon. We are literally below ground. And what we've done with a small space, and we're still one of the biggest haunts like in our area because we keep... Expanding and finding new hallways that we didn't realize were there, or just weird shit, just adding on and adding on and adding on. Uh, even when we can't afford it, we're still adding on. I think, I think maybe this year we'll, we'll have to switch to cardboard boxes or something. I don't know. But like you can do so much with just a little bit of ingenuity and just a little bit of forethought. I can take a gallon of paint, a light, one single light fixture, and a fan and do something with room that you've never seen before that cost me maybe 20 bucks because you know what? That was only for the paint. Everything else I found either discarded on Craigslist in the free section or whatever. I just came up with a creative way to use it. Our coolest props are run on air, and we use motors from a um, windshield wipers and turntables from old microwaves. I love it. The shit you can make out of that, dude, will blow your mind. It's just fucking crazy it. stuff. I love it, man.
0: So, all right, good sir. This is this is your opportunity. We're gonna wrap this sucker up. Um, uh, this is your opportunity to look directly into the camera and plug all your wonderful social medias where the good people can find you and all the amazing things that you're up to. Um, uh, and then, and then I'll close it out with my stuff. Go ahead, sir.
1: All right, man. Number one place where you can find every single thing I do, no matter what medium it is, it is RazTSlasher that's got my writing on it that's got all the links to all the podcasts that i appear on every narration that's ever been done of my work how i feel about literally everything in the world with my blog and all the free short stories that i offer along with all the purchase links to everything i do all the time because i've got nothing better to do with my life i've been uh, make you buy my things um on top of that the psycho bunny death cult network pbd ctv uh on youtube uh all my live shows go through youtube uh, with, with them with that group And uh, YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitch, Clapper, we go through everywhere, at least until Slasher actually gets on PC. And then, you know, of course, we're gonna be streaming on Slasher too, because you got to. Um, And this year I did something weird. There is a competition called the SAS, the Scare Actor Spectacular. It's worldwide, not even just US, it's worldwide. It's hosted by Face. I was accepted and, and entered as one of 115 contestants. It starts this coming Sunday which, what's today, Saturday? Yep. Um, yeah, well, it, it, January 8th, but whenever you whenever this comes out, it started on January 8th, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, it, it, it goes for, it goes only until August. Holy so shit. as long as I stay in and I'm there, you can look for me on the SAS website, SAS or Scurryface, dot com, And, uh, or just check out Rasty Slasher again. I'll have links everywhere that I, and Facebook. And uh, you can vote for me. You'll see me do all kinds of hilarious stuff, weird stuff. Uh, we can team up so a car that I love to death, uh, also from the network we're, we're partnering up this year and doing it together there's already a meme of us. A uh, face swapped with KinPlay play to announce our entrance, which is absolutely just as terrible and hilarious as it sounds it looks bad but it's hilarious. So we'll be doing lots of funny stuff some serious haunt stuff but it's all about haunt love there's no prize money there's it's bragging rights and us getting to network with haunts all across the world and loving it so. That's the biggest thing I'm doing right now. And uh, I think the last thing I really want to plug is a book that I just came out with. Started as a joke. Uh, I wrote a kid's book. It's called – oh, my God. I, I Hold on a minute. One second. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered that I got a box of them right here behind me.
0: Ah, oh, nice. Show it off.
1: I just had to send a bunch of these out. And I don't write kids. This is not a normal thing. I write pretty serious horror novels, comedy, and a lot of shorts and you know, film scripts and stuff.
2: Lincoln's Halloween oh, Adventure. It's right? <laughs> yeah. awesome. It That's is so actually awesome.
1: the person that illustrated this book. I got to say, Stu Brown. His wife is one of the people that collects all those stories for chilling tales from dark nights. Cool. So she is not only a writer who's also known in the No Sleep and Creepy Pasta universe, but she collects stories to pay people like me. To bring their story to life on their network. Well, her husband Stu also does a lot of art for all the horror stuff, and he agreed because they've got three kids to do this project with me because it was also something he'd also always wanted to do. But you know, when in horror do you ever just get to stop and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to write a kids book, a kids picture book. I mean, it's a picture book. That's
0: I'm like, awesome. it's like
1: ages four to seven, dude. <laughs>
0: That's so fucking but, awesome.
1: Uh, my publishing company, Faycor Publishing. You know, she's like, you know what? If anyone can pull this off, dude. It's you. And the book is literally about a kid named Chase, well, Lincoln in the book, that I I work with at the Haunt, whose mother is one of the acting managers with me who's terrified of everything. This kid (laughs) loves Halloween. He loves spooky stuff. But if he's in the dark for a second, he melts. Like, he he just can't do it. It's named Lincoln because my first great niece or nephew, Lincoln, was born the day I wrote the first sentence of this book. and it's specifically for him to grow up with having. It's going to be a whole series now. Nice, But uh, it, it was just this love of community the Haunt community and my family that I wrote a story about this little boy named Lincoln that's scared, but realizes he needs to rely on his family to find courage and to not be afraid to meet meet new friends. So he befriends the two monsters under his bed, the snake in the basement and the ghost in the attic, who turns out that they were just as afraid of him as he was of them. And together they decorate the house for Halloween. That's the whole story.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. It's a beautiful
1: thing, man. And next uh, next year it's going to be Lincoln and his friends meet Krampus. So that that's going another
0: fun one. Dude, thank you so much, man, dude. It was an absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah. Um. Uh, the um. Uh, the um. Absolute pleasure having you on. Um. Uh, the um, uh, This uh, was the
2: longest podcast we've, we've had been a while, able sorry. to do. I want to point that out. Because no. This, no. 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 Because it's like this guy would schedule podcasts back to back to back. So I'd be like, um, Mark, <laughs> we have a podcast in uh, ten seconds uh yeah, yeah
0: just uh we'll, we'll message them we telling them we're like <laughs> they all uh, my be so um, it's been nice it.
2: to let it run
1: get for once yeah, yeah.
0: exactly exactly so so it was an absolute pleasure i'm going to close this out um you sir are you know welcome back anytime um uh, and we'd love to be on anything that you have as well, we'd love to well definitely come I and, ha- been, come and all hang about out cross
1: promotion man i'm already gonna be talking to everybody about pbd's so like hey, you guys got we got to get these people over here i love you guys seriously. dude thank you it no, we, we appreciate was an absolute, it.
0: absolute pleasure and, dude we get uh, we got some things to talk about when well, we when we get off this podcast oh, definitely. Definitely, but um yeah. uh, but the um but i'm gonna close us out uh thank you so much everybody for checking out this episode of the nightmares podcast you can find us where all podcasts are available youtube anchor spotify all that great stuff and of course if Facebook. you have if, if, if that too um and if you are watching us on youtube if it could be so awesome to stab that like button smash that subscribe and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content right here on mhn and hey guess what you can also find us on all of our social media as uh, a tiktok and slasher the app for all things horror thank you so much and we'll see you next time on the nightmares podcast bye guys